Hello. Hi, welcome to Your Answers Could Never, episode 58. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with Auntie Broken, <laughs> Auntie Nana, <laughs> and Auntie Shade. Auntie Broken, please explain to the people then why you weren't here. We didn't want to chat your business last week. Oh, so. you can chat my business, it's fine. So I was driving along the roads, minding my own business in slow moving traffic. And someone decided that they were going to put their foot on the gas and ram straight into the back of me. That's very bad. And now I've got whiplash and I've had whiplash for about two weeks and it friggin' hurts and it's awful. And I can't move my neck and my back. And, um, my, back. my neck and my back. And yeah, I'm stiff and I'm on mad painkillers and I've still got a headache and an earache and I feel sorry for myself. Oh, big hugs. And but welcome back. Glad to have you. Glad you're able to... Join Just to let everyone know, I'm going to be doing lots of ahs during the recording. What will happen is that you will be on mute. Well, <laughs> they'll just see me go. Yeah, it's better than the noise. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> um, um, yes, and okay, okay, okay. We've got our new little feature where we do a game. Where break. Oh, yes. I missed yes. this last week. Okay. 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 So. <clears throat> I'm getting ready. Would you? I'm not going to do them all together. <laughs> would you? Would you rather? Would you rather date someone you love or date someone who loves you? It's a weird one. Okay. Me date someone who loves me. Hundred percent. Yeah. Would you rather date someone you love or someone or date someone who loves you? But I don't understand the. I would rather date someone who loves me as much as I love them. That that's not the option. Date somebody no, that loves thing, me. If you date somebody that uh, yeah, uh, or is yeah. there an option to just say no? No. Then no. would you rather <laughs> date someone <laughs> or no, someone who loves you? See, because I would just like to say no, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I know this is not an option and I'm cheating. But basically, yeah, you might that person might love you, and they might be dead food to you. Do you know what I mean? But you, and it, then it, they're just there with this person that loves you, but they're just not the one. Date, you don't live, marry, or sleep with. It just says date. That can be, constitute one day. Auntie Nana, Auntie Far has been very naughty. I, I said it. I think um, I would date somebody that loves me. And same, I think I'd date someone who loves me because. At least I'm in control of the situation. Yeah, they could be a stalker. So you're not in control mm. of shit because they're a yeah, stalker. It, it says one date. It says dates. The date is one, not go on multiple dates. There's no expansion of the question. <laughs> so I mean, you're going to have a better time if you're if they're into you. Yeah. Oh, no, this would, definitely. I definitely <laughs> agree with that. It's just all the surrounding things about that. If it's one date, then fine. But it doesn't say one date, does it? But date is not a plural. Do we have another? Do we have another question? Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought we was gonna have winners and stuff. <laughs> I want competition, love. Like this is shit. Oh. <laughs> oh shit! Would you rather look ten years older from the neck up or the neck down? Oh shit! 
10 years older from the Did neck up. Would rather look 10 years older from the neck up or the look neck down? I don't even know what 10 years older look from the neck. I mean, what? I don't okay. know. Well, I think I'm going to be. <laughs> Okay, okay. I don't think I'm gonna have any issues in either area. <laughs> I'm gonna say the same thing because if I look ten years older, then I just look my age. Exactly. Yeah, I'm saying. So, now I'm saying, isn't it? I'm going down. So gone. I want ten years, ten years older, body wise, not face. That's because you are married. How? How it, it could be, I don't know, but I, her body, her husband's into her body no matter what in it. She's not trying to like oh. be out here and be a hot girl. <laughs> Gosh, that is so shocked. I understand the sentiment, but um Shada is so shocked. I um wanna know what a ten like it at this point now, ten years older, wrinkly breasts. Like, that's, not, that's, know, that's not guarantee. That's not guarantee, yeah. Not, that's not, that's also, not being funny or anything, but our DNA doesn't really support looking how other people's DNA looks when they age. Just saying. And it says looks, not feel. So it's not like you're going to be creep. I don't. I don't. I, no, I think I think that is dripping in an ageist undertones, actually. I, I don't support the question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm with you. No, but it's tasty. It's a very tasty question. Um, <laughs> would you rather look ten years older from the top or from the bottom? I'd rather, I suppose, ten years from the bottom because until you get into bed, most men say it all looks the same in the dark. So exactly. that'd be the case. Take the lower half because my top half looks nice. Looks that's what I'm using to attract. I'm not walking around bottom half naked. So I kind of think, yeah, okay, because of the whole society's ageist anyway. Let me look nice from whatever age on my top half, my bottom half. Would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the most intelligent? That's actually an interesting question. That is. Uh, I'm a bit of a know-it-all. I'd like to be the most intelligent. As long as, it doesn't cut, no, as long as I'm not dry with it. No. I, I, I want to be the funniest. You get way more being funny. Like, funny can get you places. But being intelligent doesn't mean to have to be. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to be dry. You can be witty, and that's funny. What, mm, witty. No, it's no, very clear. Funny or intelligent? You're a hybrid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm funny as well because I think that sometimes, like, <laughs> intelligence is overrated. Sometimes you can pay for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't fake funny. <laughs> You can rehearse people's jokes and then tell them. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, that's not funny. That's not no, funny. but people don't know in the moment, like, ah, oh, and then afterwards. Mm-mm. Auntie yeah. Farah, before we move on. Oh, pick one. I'd rather be funny. Okie dokie, let's go. Well, who are we... Oh. Ah, we have a discrepancy. We don't know who we're welcoming to the family. Is there anyone I who... I have one. I have one, because I was go, supposed go, to do it last go. week, but I don't know what happened. Okay, go ahead. Right, so who I would like to welcome to the family is, I guess we could call him uh, uh, honorary nephew's joke uncle, Chucky, who does the Halfcast podcast and goes by Chucky online. And really, I think he has just grown into a really mature, 
lovely man. And he did an episode specifically um, kind of talking about his stepdad who was passed a couple of months ago. And it was just such an emotional and really vulnerable podcast that he did with Poet, but also highlighted that blended families can really work. And yeah, it was just such a credit to his parents and his and his stepdad as well. So welcome to the family, Chucky. I can go with that. I saw his Instagram post about it. Um, not to undermine it, is a poet matured as well. As he poet. has. He has, actually. He, he really has. Because he was... Well, in the last, like, two he months. He was irritating as fuck. But I think poet is growing. There's growth. That's all I can say about poet. <laughs> Do you think maybe it was because of the subject? Yeah, yeah, but I've been watching him for a little while and I can see he's changing, he's growing. Mm. Okay. He's been he's been given a lot of time to grow. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see that I shouldn't be welcoming Poet to the family anytime soon. Not for a little while. I think Poet's still still out in the garden, like <laughs> maybe in like ten years' time. Banned, banned, banned from family function just for the moment. Um, you know. Anyway. What have you heard, my peoples? What have you heard, my aunties? What have you heard of the news in the headlines today? Auntie Nana, what have you heard? Okay. So we are starting with me. We're always starting with me recently. But let's get into it. So (laughs) (laughs) we're going to discuss that the military are taken seriously the sightings of UFOs, and they are saying that it's actually true. These latest sightings of um, extraterrestrials flying and unidentified objects in the sky, they're saying that they definitely are UFOs. And um, I was just looking into various articles, and there was one that was really interesting on um, NBC's site that was saying that now the military is taking this seriously. Why aren't other kind of really major bodies like the media or Silicon Valley or academia like taking UFOs seriously and discussing it, like how we can kind of use this to our advantage or if we should be frightened of them? Why is this not a general discussion in society? What do you ladies think? Auntie Shade. I knew you was going to come to me first. Um... <laughs> What do I think? Uh, I think that they're probably, I think that they're probably trying to distract us in some sort of way. Um, I don't think, what's it called? I don't think that, what's it called? I don't know. I think, I'm I'm not surprised at humans not reacting. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not really surprised. Like, I don't know how, like, you know, something could happen in the world and it's really traumatic and whatever kind of thing. And then two days uh, later, we're over it. Do you know what I mean? So this is like natural human reaction to a certain extent. Also as well, we've been, we've been socialized to kind of, you know, to uh, believe that UFOs is all phony, it's all fake. Do you know what I mean? And in the last couple of years, definitely with the US military, we've we've not really believed a word that they said with the US government. Do you know what I mean? So I can see people dismissing this as 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 nothing. 
Um, also as well, it's like, what has actually, what, what is, I mean, they've seen them, but nothing's happened. And like, ET didn't come down to the ground. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, no one's got special powers um, that they can prove anyway. Um, and there's like no kind of like general communication. Like, we're not seeing the big saucer come down to the sky, like in the sky, like Independence Day. Like, that's not happening. Do you know what I mean? So, until something like that happens, I just don't think people are really going to take it on. Auntie Farah. It's just, it's distraction tactics, that's all. It's like, here's a UFO. Oh, Harry and William spoke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, they know what they're doing. Let's be real. People have been talking about UFOs for a very, very long time. The government have known that them things are out there. Anyone with half a brain cell understands that there's no way that we can be alone in the universe. We just don't know what these aliens are like. We don't know, you know, if they look like us or if they look like insects or if they look like the Borg. We, we, we don't know what they look like. So, yeah, it's just it's distraction tactic. I think they've had to admit it. This is not the first time they've admitted that. I remember, like, I swear, like, last year, something came out and they were like, yeah, it's real. And then they moved on very quickly and stopped talking about it. And that's just what they do. They just, they change the focus. It's like, oh, Donald Trump got new hairstyle. That's what they do. They just, uh, <laughs> because they know what they're doing. And as for Silicon Valley and them man there, trust me, they're working on things. This virgin spacecraft that they want to put into the air, that's not for no reason. You know, all these all these flipping satellites that they're sending to other planets and drones and whatnot. That's not for no reason. They know what they're doing. COVID, <laughs> COVID vaccines. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh. That's not for no reason. They know what they're doing. It's like, yeah, we're just going to be the... Us mere mortals are going to be the last to know because... They're already ticking the boxes of who's getting on the ship out of here. They're already making friends with who they need to make friends with. Captain Marvel's out there. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I think um, it's just it, they're, they're warming us up now because it didn't suit. It wasn't in their best interest to let us know what's going on, um, and because they couldn't, I don't know for what reason they couldn't control it. So maybe they feel like they've got. Maybe they've made deals with um, head alien in charge. Um, and said, OK, look, we, we've negotiated this finally, finally, after all our arguments and back and forth, we've negotiated this deal. So now if we reveal ourselves, we can start in, like introducing you to our people now, because I think maybe in previous years, they didn't have the resources or the whatever, you know, they just weren't trustworthy. I don't know what happened, but the deal's been made over our head. And now they're, they're, they're warming us up to what's going to happen in the future. And like with Elon Musk, you've got Branson, everyone's trying now, all the rich billionaires which is why I get mad, like, where are our, you know, as long as African Caribbean, where's our rockets and spaceships? I hope we aren't left behind where we have to go now have freaking colonization and space slavery conversations in space. So as long as we're also doing our stuff. Um, yeah, they're all, all the billionaires are gathering together their space stuff. because They know that this country's, this world, that's why they, I think, this, when we were talking about seaspiracy, the way they're just treating this country like any type of how, they all know that they're leaving Earth soon. So, you know what? We don't care. We'll just run Earth into the ground and we're going to make set up shop in our new location on Mars. And with the select few, as, as Farah said, the select few have had their boxes ticked. And that's why down the food chain, there's going to be 
the us at the bottom um, and all that type of stuff. If you ain't got the dough, you're just not even. And if you ain't got the dough and probably the melanin, but then saying that, well, how does melanin fare when your face is green and blue and alternative looking aliens? I don't know what, what the hierarchy will be at that point. Which race, I don't know how it's going to work. Because the aliens might be like, no, but we like the melanated people. We actually want them more than the non-melanated. What's wrong with them? You know what I mean? They might be like, what's the deficiency there? And these guys have got, I don't know. But anyway, the reason why the media didn't pick it up, I think they have their um, they have their designated tools of what to talk about, isn't it? It's like the, the, they know what they have to talk about when. So much as we have, we seem like we're in control of the media, we're not. The media answers to someone, the firm. And so... They will release, they will give instructions like, okay, this in 2024, you can start feeding and start aligning with what we're saying. In 2030, that's when we start introducing these things. Everything is planned according to whatever they want us to know. That's why the media is playing it off for now, but they're not rubbishing it because it would be ridiculous if the scientists are saying this is what this is fact. Big FBI or whoever, CIA are saying it's fact. The media can't go against it, but they have to apply information as and when they're allowed to. So do you think like the only way to move with this new time of like the extraterrestrials all going into space is to try and become a billionaire so that when the aircrafts are ready, you kind of got to get on that aircraft. Like you don't want to be, I can't remember which show it is that I watch, but there's the belters and the earthers and the ones that weren't able to go to Mars are left in in space and they're really poor, but they also speak with Caribbean accents that are kind of like Caribbean stroke South African. It's highly offensive, but very watchable. But basically the poor ones are slightly more melanated with a hybrid African Caribbean accent. Have you seen? And the ones that made it to Mars are really posh. I can't remember the name. It wasn't even that. I think it could be called Discovery. I'll find it in a second. But it's very watchable. But really, it is like, oh, you fuckers. So, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I watched quite a a few, like, dystopia kind of, like, sci-fi type things. So this, it could be, like, Colony, which is basically... that could be what it is. Mm, no, 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 no. I don't think it is. Like, Colony is different. Colony is like um, almost a bit like Handmaiden's Tale in a sense of like they they kind of like um, divide up the areas. Oh yeah, the, the guy with the long blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Dad. Okay, yeah, I watched that yeah. one too. And they're but they're in cahoots with the aliens already, kind of thing. So it's just like if you're in the special circle, then you get to speak to the aliens and kind of like do out their will, um, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I think I think like as black people, we always adapt and survive anyway. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not really too like generally worried about you know our survival in, in from a, from an alien threat. Do you know what I mean? I just think that there's going to be some people that will, will fuck it up for us. <laughs> I think yeah. I think we have to work towards being on the other end of the scale. Um, I wish I could find this and. Sorry, I'm getting the feedback. Um, yeah, I think we've got to work on being other end of the, the richer scale so we get select. The thing is, I don't want to be in a position where I have to be selected, I have to apply. I want to be able to be like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going anyway. Um, I don't need to go to your channel. I want to go um, Ghanaian Rocket Airways. So let me go. And it's, <laughs> and it's, fine. it's fine. I don't want to have to wait for British 
Elon Musky Branson airline that's only letting a certain caliber of people. Now I don't want that. I don't want. I don't want to be in that position where this is the choice I have to make, or I don't go, or you know, like it's like Running Man. It's like Total Recall. It's all those things where the people like you're you got to come and do what chips for for um what's the one where everything depletes you can see everything depleting like you use them all your resources and then you've got to recharge to set your credits and if you don't have that money someone with justin timberlake i don't know if it's justin timberlake but it's one kind of wow. one of them hollywood hunk men that the is one. one i know what you're talking about Antiquara. yeah um yeah that's a bit deep that one's a bit deep so there's um, all those type of things where you just have to kind of like i don't want to be in a position where that's the issue and I, what is it, Cedric the Entertainer? Because fuck, you know, in his um, skit for um, what's it? How can I forget the damn name of it? The him and him, the four kings of comedy. Sorry, my bad. When he's like, you know, if you think you're leaving us on earth, fuck it, we're coming too. We might come in the hoop to you like with a broken tail, like Rocky, but we're coming too. So you're not leaving us behind. I'm not being left behind. But I, I boy, we've got to be in the room or in our own room. That's just as sufficient. Because you know there's going to be um, space wars between us. And it's not even going to be the aliens. It's going to be humans doing space wars, fighting over bits and bobs, over nonsense, when we could all just, you know, I'll take this space, you take this space. It's going to be a nonsense as well. Auntie Farah. But do you know what? Like like Auntie Shade said, like, we're quite adaptable as people. Do you know what I mean? So when them lot are fighting to leave, we'll be fighting to stay and working out how we can stay and make this place better. That's what I reckon. If we can't get off the planet because of red tape, bureaucracy, money, all that shit, we'll just be living underground until overground <laughs> becomes Wombling free. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what will yeah. happen. We'll be yeah. all right, man. We can I make get... anything out of anything. What did we say before? Like, if we was in a bunker, we'd just be making potato cakes and everything. We'll be all right, man. We can survive. I think, I think we will survive, but then it's they're surviving in dire situations rather than thriving in a situation where there's absolute water air oxygen and not because they're ruining this country it seems like they're ruining the earth on purpose isn't it so they're ruining it for us that's the difference between yeah, us surviving are. in the ruin rather than i mean well, i know we could adapt and we can make it work but yeah. the way that the people the, the one percent or whatever and there's three percent that brazilian show that's really good i think um another one of those dystopian shows um the way that they leave this place of ruin that's the only thing that's like mm, on purpose. The show is called The Expanse. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. But definitely the accents kind of... Is Halle Berry in that? No. Oh, no, that's a different one. She's What's called Dominic. She's actually British. She's the main girl. Dominic Tipper or Tapper. Dominic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, let's get the comments. I was, I was just going to say, yeah, it could be like Snowpiercer. Where, where we're all... I was going to say that Auntie Sade, you oh, know that, in it? We're, we're at the back fighting to get to the front. We could be the tailies. <laughs> mm. I, I tried with that show, you know. I haven't tried Rick and Morty, but I tried with Snowpiercer. And oh. it's just too cheesy. It's just it's like, rubbish. Oh, it's like the first, maybe two or three episodes of the first series. And I haven't continued. However... The second series is like enticing me. Yeah, it like I, I feel like I don't need to watch the rest of the first series. I could just start the second series. Yeah, probably. And sure, means pretty decent. That's why it's kind of enticing me now because I'm like, oh, okay. But Rick and Morty, you should watch it because they talk about this stuff all day long. 
aliens and that the thing you know, present knows, all that kind of stuff. I, I like Rick and Morty. I just never know like when it's on. I put Rick and Morty on and I was like, oh, Netflix. Netflix. Granddad. Is it on Netflix as well? Oh, oh I just catch it on Channel 4 when they're doing that whole adult animation stuff. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, please, Auntie Nan. Let's go. Sorry, I was on mute. All right, so good evening to everybody. Hello, Sistrin. Hello, Nicola. Hello, Aquia. Okay, we have... Um, Sistrin says, that means that they will they will treat me well and, and as I expect to be treated, regardless how I feel about them. Yes, I would date someone who loves me. They would be doing the most for me and I'm here for that. So that's in response to our beginning question. Then a queer says, I agree with Auntie Sade. From what I can see, if anyone is coming, it's to our benefit. We don't ever want to go with these people anywhere. Planet Earth is fine. Sistrin says, I'm not afraid of aliens coming. I mean, if we have managed to survive the ish that they have been dealing us for, for time, we ain't got nothing to lose. We will survive, as Gloria Gaynor said. And ZW says, I'm happy to be left behind. Why will I leave with a problem? <laughs> and Aquia says, the billionaires are leaving because they are getting their comeuppance. Let them go. The quicker, the better. Love Snowpiercer. It's awesome. It's far from awesome. Yeah. It's far from awesome. What was I going to say? I think, I just think we should have the option because we do stay here. I just don't want it to be like we're trying to survive in minimum bad air pollution. But we should have the option as black people or be in control. It's like everything we say, be in control of our destiny so that if we want to go to space, not following them, we're going on our own. Like I said, Ghana Rocket Airlines. No, I don't trust it. Don't what trust Ghana it. Rocket Airlines? Uh, no, I don't trust going going with 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 the majority. Let's say that. Listen, no. exactly. Not because the, the thing is, let's think about what they did to us here on this planet. They take us somewhere else and they got to start from scratch. How they started from scratch? How did they start from scratch to begin with? We'll but that's be what I'm saying. Or we'll be, we'll, they, they will try and implement slavery to That's what I'm saying. They will start like, from uh, scratch. They will, it worked before. Let's do it again. But I'm saying if we choose to go, we should be in control of us choosing to go rather than going on their path because that's where they, they will be implementing their rules. Yeah. Yeah. Cause do you, or do you guys think that we shouldn't bother? Like, I'm talking about Africans and Caribbeans. We shouldn't bother have a space plan. I think we should have a space plan. Like I really, I really do think we should be thinking about this. Like we, sh <laughs> we should be thinking about our own ways off of here and have how a space about, plan. How about what if? Yeah, what if we were the aliens? Like and like. I, sometimes I think we are. <laughs> That's why I keep on saying, I hope they flipping come and get us. But <laughs> <laughs> you never know how it's going to go. That's what they might look at us and be like, We're what's wrong with them ones? These ones are the ones that make sense to us. But those ones that are <laughs> a bit deficient, what's going they on? They might be like, you know, like, what film is it? I think Predator. Predator versus Alien, one of them ones. And they come back and they're like, what have you done to our people? And they fuck mm. everything up. They might be like that. That's what I'm saying. You never know. Yeah. It could be. I just think we should be in control of our own destiny when it comes to that. Because I think we need a get off and a get down plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, think, I think we definitely should have our own plans. We should have our own space plans. We should be trying to communicate with outside of here 
for ourselves. Like we definitely don't need to be kind of waiting for any more handouts because no. I do believe if you go on their flights, you are going to be the help. Yeah, yeah, that's why you've got to make your own, and yeah, okay, Auntie Sade, what have you heard? Okay, so my story, um, come to me, minding my business on the internet and uh, being kind of bombarded with this hashtag RIP football. Um, and I'm I'm by no means a football fan at all. Um, and I was thinking, what the hell is going on? So what has happened is um, there's been a creation of a new uh, European Super League that consists of six Premier League clubs. Bear with me, guys. Um, so that includes Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Tottenham Hotspur, as well as Atletico Madrid, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid, who come from La, La Liga, and also AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus, who come from Sara A. And now these 12 clubs, they've decided to break away from their own leagues and creating their new thing. And people are pissed. They're pissed off. They're emotional. They're, they're overwhelmed. They're, they're enraged. Like, all of the emotions, right? And, um, and this is not only because they made this announcement mid-season. They made it during a pandemic. Um, they didn't tell the players. They didn't tell the managers. Um, but also because this Super League is only for these 12 clubs. Um, and there's currently no prospect of any other club earning a place to compete. And the get fans basically think that this is going to change the game forever. So the owners are being accused of only doing this for the money, doing it for greed. And each club, to be part of it, gets paid 3.6 billion euros, um, which is a hell of a lot of money. So UEFA, um, the F the Premier League, uh, La Legua and uh, Sarah A have been, have criticised the plans and they're considering taking legal action because um, essentially they're losing their top um, teams uh, in their leagues. And they've also threatened to ban all the players that play from playing in other competitions at domestic level, European level, world level. They're not going to be able to play. Basically, they wouldn't be able to play even for their national teams. So, um, Florento, Florentino, Florentino Perez, who's the president of Real Madrid and uh, also the chairman of the Super League, said that uh, we're doing this to save football, which is in a critical moment. And also our prime minister, Boris Johnson, has also got involved. He's saying that he wants to make sure that the new league doesn't go ahead in the way that it's currently being proposed. Um, the one thing that did resonate with me, though, is uh, uh, Patrick Branford, um, a Leeds United player, who came out and said that it's a shame that the reaction um, to the Super League has not been like uh, the same as uh, with racism and kicking racism out of football. So I wanted to know you guys, and also for American uh, watchers, uh, football is soccer. <laughs> um, but I wanted to know what you guys think. Um, do you care? Do the people around you care? Um, do you think that all this energy on uh, greed is uh, necessary since we're trying to kick the racism out of football still? Um, and do you think this is going to start some football wars? Will it change things as we know it? Auntie Farah. So my understanding of it was that they weren't trying to break away from the Premier League. This was trying to be an addition to because they were saying that this is a midweek thing that they're trying to do. So I might have read it wrong. 
But I thought that that's what the whole idea was. But, but, the, but the Premier League has written them a strongly worded statement, basically saying if they do this, they'll ban them from that. I think that's what's happening or some shit like that anyway. But, okay, let's talk finances, right? So because of the pandemic, before the pandemic, teams like Manchester United and Real Madrid were making like 600, between 627 million and 668 million a year, right? Because of the pandemic, uh, Manchester United went down to 509 million. So that's like a massive amount of money that they've lost. So I can understand why they're doing this. However, before all the fucking football heads start jumping on me, it's not a competition, is it? If if they're doing this new league where you can't be relegated and it's only for a select few who they've decided who are the super ones out of the whole European football um, world, um, I can see why people are enraged. It is a financial thing. However, isn't football a financial thing? Football's not what it was in the 60s. People are making the cost of a house every week. It's a business, isn't it? And, you know, there's. I heard on the radio today some fans were like, I'm getting rid of my season ticket because I feel like it's not about the fans anymore. It's all about money. It's not about us. I'm going to go to an Arsenal fan said, I'm going to get rid of my Arsenal season ticket and I'm going to go support Barnet. You're not really an Arsenal fan if you're just going to go support Barnet, then are you really, you know, let's be real. Because you should you should be right or die, no matter what. If you went through all the losses that Arsenal had, <laughs> then you should be able to go through this. But um, I don't know. I just, like, I'm bored of football. Like, I'm bored of hearing about this. And I know that everyone will be like, all the men will be like, oh, but it's outrageous. And they're, they're doing away with the game and the people and blah, blah, blah. Fair enough. But let's not make out like it hasn't been about money for the longest possible time. The only reason why clubs like Chelsea, Manchester City, even Man United did well is because they got a massive investment for external people who had nothing to do with um, British football. Now, the bigger question is, which is, I think Gary Neville has said, is that, these people who own these clubs who aren't from these particular places, should they have the power to make these sorts of decisions which affect the fans of the countries that they're in? I suppose those are situations that you need to look at. That's all I've got to say about that because I don't care. Auntie Nana. Did you say me? Okay, sorry. Um yeah, Auntie Farah covered a lot of things that I was going to add to it. Um, uh, I'll start with what I read Stephen Fry say. He wrote on Twitter, six football clubs have achieved something that no politician or public figure has managed in these times of fracture, fusion and feuding. They have brought together the whole divided nation Indeed, all of Europe, everyone united in disgust and revulsion at such greed and stupidity. And because it's Stephen Fry, I know that's very much tongue in cheek, but that's been the response, has been like such a foray over a game. And it's actually more ludicrous that in asking people for like their opinions on this, I don't think I've had so, so much noise come at me, like so much passion talking about something that you are not involved in, you don't play, you don't gain anything from, you spend money on, and really whatever happens in football land with the players has really very little to do with the ordinary man other than their passion for a bunch of people playing a game. 
it's it's quite astounding how passionate men and some and women have been over this announcement and it hasn't even happened yet but also quite sad that there's so much passion towards this as well and as auntie farah said football has been about money all the time so what what does it matter as long as the players are involved in it and if they want it I mean who cares they're gonna watch it anyway people always go nuts for change it's gonna take place and they're gonna watch it and they're gonna like it it's like they're just moaning for moaning sake they want something to moan about there's actually a lot of stuff to moan about that isn't to do with football so I um had to consult some men folk friends of mine because I had no freaking clue I don't care about football only when the world cup's on and I'm supporting the black stars other than that really, really don't understand or care about football. So my friend said that the pros, because I asked, what are the pros and cons of this Super League nonsense? And he said the pros are more money for the football clubs, which means they can buy more players, all of the biggest and most popular teams and players in one league, playing week in, week out. Great. The cons are we, this is a whole, this whole thing of really being invested in something you don't make money off. We lose the domestic game, in my opinion. Teams like West Ham and Everton become obsolete. There are not many incentives for playing the domestic league because no matter where the big six clubs end up in position, they will always play in the Super League. The owners of the clubs are doing this for money and don't care about the fans. We lose the foundations of our game. The biggest clubs just want more money and revenue as they're the most popular clubs in the world. It's autonomy to a degree, but it alienates a lot of the fans because it's based solely on money. There was a beauty in playing rubbish teams like Sheffield United and West Brom, as well as in the FA Cup against teams like Crawley Town. Now that part of the game is gone and we would have to travel to Europe every other week to see our teams play, it's going to cost a lot more, cost a lot of money. The guys in charge of this are not football men. They're greedy. It's all nonsense. It's going to happen either way. I just don't like the way they've gone about it and who's in charge. It will put me off football. So he said it's definitely going to go ahead. Um, needs more players to speak out. And I said, well, more players to speak out. They don't even speak, speak out about racism, let alone... Um, coming to speak out against this because in the end they might do some huff, 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 huff in support of the common man and the fan but when they, um, their check starts re-rising again because I don't know how much of them are taking a hit in their weekly wage or whatever they're going to have to say boy money to pay their bills and I can't survive on that drip, that that dip in money so they'll start oh well it's the rules they'll start hiding behind oh it's the rules it's, it is what it is I can't do anything um, and the reason why in answer to Auntie Sade's question that it doesn't reson- It doesn't take char- take hold the way racism in football does. It's because it doesn't affect every single one of them. Because racism is predominantly a white man's game. As much as um, it, it, the way it's run, the way it's controlled, the people who are behind the scenes control the scenes who make the most money off of it. It's all white coaches, white ma- football owners, managers, all that type of stuff. The clubs usually are mostly. I don't know which club is managed by or owned by um, a black person. I'm not sure if there are any. But the whole system is set up by white men. So that's why racism doesn't, they doesn't get the same collective reaction. It's interesting, as Stephen Fry says, that everyone's come together, well, the people who care, and there's a lot of them, come together. Under, imagine if people came together on sense and real rebelling against the government's foolishness and greed and every other part that affects our life. You know how many things affect our life, but we don't come together in that way. And it's... it's it's a madness. It's a madness. But look how quickly Boris actually released a statement talking about what we're, we're going to look into this and do something about it as much as we can. Like, really? Like, a football. He's talking league. about putting government legislation in place to yeah. stop them. 
that, yeah, that he, quick, a footballing. You guys can do today. that. He's got a COVID conference. He's talking about football. Come on now. And <laughs> imagine pretty and her eyebrows and all that oh, type yeah. of stuff. That, <laughs> there's no legislation about that. The guys, the, the, the MPs can do their expenses, fraud, all that type of stuff. No legislation, no en masse. We're going to fuck you up because of the it's football that you lot are getting mad about. Get out of here, man. Auntie Shade. So, yeah, I agree with all of, all of those points. I think the, greed, the, the aspect of greed is just like fake outrage. It's kind of playing off that kind of working class mentality, like, oh, this is our game, like, you know, all that traditional stuff. And it's like, really and truly, don't care. These footballers average, you know, in the Premier League, they're taking over three mil a week. Do you know what I mean? Is that not greed? That year, sorry. Is that not greed? No. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I think this is just, it's just capitalism. It's decentralizing, um, it's yeah, decentralizing uh, governments in a sense, that kind of thing, and then and sport itself. Like it's just, it, it's just showing actually that 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 these other leagues are not in control. Do you know what I mean? Like actually, if they band together, they can actually do something. And I was thinking, like, what do these clubs have on UEFA? Because they clearly want to. Because this is essentially very similar to UEFA is it not do you know what I mean this is basically the champions or champions playing each other it's just that they they have space for um other clubs if they do well but they clearly are not happy with something that UEFA is doing that we might not be privy to and they're like no fuck you guys (laughs) basically we're gonna do this on our own and I just think like it's actually like a great example of like actually you can disrupt a whole industry and maybe like you know like our American cousins in frigging um, basketball and football should be looking at this and kind of doing their own thing as well. If the top players in basketball all banded together and created their own league, then they could disrupt things themselves and change things um, for for us. I think. Um, but yeah, it was just really interesting like how passionate people really are and it's just like how can I I just don't I just I just don't get like how much energy people can put into this game like it's a game that's that's what it is yeah exactly seriously go on Prince William has tweeted oh retweeted Yes, so Prince William, who is the current FA president, tweeted his displeasure towards the breakaway plan, saying, now more than ever, ever, we must protect the entire football community from the top level to the grassroots and the values of the competition and fairness that is at its core. Everyone in the game seems to be against these proposals. Now we seem to be getting the clubs to... Cubs close to them trying to put together some, I don't know, basically, he fucking tweeted anyway, but it's like, bruv. <laughs> Look at him trying to be... you got some, you got some Twitter fingers when you want to have some Twitter fingers, exactly. isn't it? And then you're, you're silent. It's silent and deadly. I think it goes to show that, that actually, maybe people should be marketing to football fans. If they want to change something in the world, then market to football fans because they clearly have clout. Do you know what I mean? They clearly can, you know, try and stop, like, have significant weight about trying to stop uh, something moving through. But how did that how, The thing is, how much more can you market to the people than that? Every day you see some crap in the news. That's big news, you know, big government stuff. But yet they see it and will blind eye it. And they might do a little bit of, oh, that's all right. That's out of order. I don't know why I'm being so typical that they're, they're Cockney, but whatever. That's out of order, <laughs> whatever. But they, I don't know how much news they can, how do you reposition 
the, the MPs that run your life are doing fraud with their expenses. And yet you, when you go to the hospital or something, you've got to pay parking or something like there's so many things that affect us as everyday people. And especially the working class who that's the stereotype image of someone who supports football. It's not the Prince Williams. That's for damn sure. It's the working common man who loves the game, who keeps the beautiful game beautiful and supports it will spend whatever month's wages on the and the ticket or whatever uh, and will break up with their wife or get vexed with their wife or not have, you know, because the, their team lost. I think that was one of my pissed me offs, wasn't it? Like people who fucking get so angry at the game where you'll call them Chelsea scum or Arsenal bastards. Just because you support a team, you, uh, you'll hate a whole person. With your chest, you'll be like that fucking idiot. Sport. Like what the hell is this? It's a weird... It's a, and it's all sport. I, I think we've been missing a trick. Yeah. Maybe this is the the explanations of things that have been happening around the world. It needs to be football analogies. Like you actually need to be saying like this was offside. This person, you know, it could have been like a Rooney or you know, think of Beckham in his heyday. Like literally, maybe this is how we should have been talking to the masses. Then they would have understood and been up in arms. Like. What's happening in America is like similar to when Maradona like used his hand to get the ball in, and then it'll be oh, that's out of order. That was bang up, you know. You I, make it like I totally agree. I had um, uh, obviously I'm not going to say the name, but I had a staff member once who was convinced that they couldn't remember anything, but they could remember the goal scores from friggin' 1990. Like so, you can. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're just choosing not to in this moment. Like you, do you know what I mean? Like you need to. Those skills are transferable. Just apply that to this. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's true because, like, you know, when you memorise historical facts in song or rap, you know, let's learn a little ditty and things like that. We have to dumb it all down and speak in football terms in this country, basketball terms in America, and whatever, whatever, whatever sport, national sport applies. Quick, I don't know how you speak in cricket terms for the countries that support cricket and bowls, (laughs) but just speak in sports terms and maybe we'll galvanise the people. Let's get some comments. Okay, we have Tafadzwa says, I don't follow football like that. All my brothers do and they are livid. For me, this is fundamentally political. I hear JP Morgan is the biggest shareholder along with a lot of Arab money. Essentially, this is increased privatisation of Western corporate colonialism. People are vexed because it's denationalising sport which I think has a major impact on our back home nation's capacity to develop regional leagues because the Super League has the power to suck up all the resources. They will also, uh, I think, take all the talent from Africa and the Caribbean, um, giving even less back than they do now. Red Border says, this stinks of Sepp Blatter. I don't know who that is. And Tafadzwa says, in other words, the owners of this league have a significant role to play in the global economic and therefore political system as it is. So this league could have implications all beyond sport. And um, can we not compare cricket to bowls, please? I wasn't even. I'm just saying. (laughs) Are they different? (laughs) Different bowls is like like that and quick it's like with a bat and bowls is with your hand but it's like bowling outside no no is bowls is different from bowling it's that one where it's slow and bowls they, is the old granddad one yeah, yeah. They, 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 they do on the lawns 
No, but they're it's knocking not like bowling. They're, they're not knocking down pins, and it's not one ball to knock. Yeah. Pins down. No. Like to me, it's like snooker on grass on on the, on a lawn or something. Yeah. It's kind of like a hand. Yeah, instead of a cue. Sepp Blatter is apparently Joseph Sepp Blatter is a retired Swiss football administrator. Was the eighth president of FIFA from 1998 to 2015. He initially received a six-year ban from participating in FIFA activities. Oh wow! What did he do? He doesn't say. I mean, they all do fuckeries, don't they? No, this to be so corrupt. But, I think um, Arti Shade was on something as well when she, or it might have been you, Arti Nanima, you were saying that, what's going on with UEFA? Why do oh, these people yeah. want to break yeah, away no, from this yeah. shit? That is a bigger thing. Yeah. And UEFA has been, you know, investigated for many, many things many, many oh, times. So this is what I mean. So who knows, man? But yeah, all the all the six Premier League teams are saying that they're still dedicated to the Premier League and this is just like an additional the the line that made me laugh by the guy, um, the Real Madrid guy, who's like the president of this new e- ESL, he was saying, young people are not interested in football anymore. Let's not use that as a line to try and get it across, because that's not true. I don't know. Young boys aren't interested in football. I, I think that there's a lot of comp- competition out there. I think there's a, um, there's esports. Do you know what I mean? Like um, computer game leagues, all that kind of stuff. There's like becoming an influence. Like I, I just don't think it's just as you know. Before, like a lot of young kids, their their dream was to be a footballer. Do you know what I mean? And I think there was a survey that came out the other day was just saying that their dream is to be an influencer. Like it's shifting. Yeah, no, I mean? saw that. So, so I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's dropping off and and also as well like the likelihood of getting into a club like you have to be picked from what twelve now if you're not picked by fifteen forget it do you I'm know done. what I mean yeah so like, like my nephews are in clubs and they've been yeah. in clubs like and they're like under eight so yeah it's just like if you're not if you're not picked by if you're not picked by team forget it like it's it's just a waste isn't it not a waste but it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's unlikely to happen. So I think it's not, it's, it's, it's too, um, yeah, it's just too difficult. I've got a few comments. I, th- I think that's a good thing, actually, that kids are t- turning their heads to other things because realistically, even if you are really good at football and very talented, that's only part of it. It's like being a musician. You also have to have the temperament. You have to be moldable. You have to be able to basically be drill sergeanted into cooperating in a lifestyle that you may have different ideas about and if you're if you're not cooperative you don't get very far so this it's a good thing that people are actually moving their attention to other things competition is good I think it's a good thing but then it's like what what it's also that we our children get that what's the word I don't know what the word is but it's footballer, it's soup, it's celebrity, and now it's influencer, and all the bits in between get ignored still. And what I don't know what teachers, you know, when they, if they say that if they're lazy with um black boys, for example, saying oh like dismiss them probably with football or something else. What will be their next kind of stereotypical role that they'll push on a black boy, for example? I'm just wondering. Rapper. Oh yeah, there's that. Grime artist. Yeah, there's that. Driller. Mm. <laughs> Killer. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, we shall okay. see. We shall see. Um, Auntie Farah. No, it's Auntie yeah, AK. Auntie AK, what have I heard? Well, what have I heard? 
I have heard. Well, do you know what annoyed me? It really annoyed me this week. The Luther debacle hit the Twitterverse um, socials. But basically, Miranda Wayland, who's the head of diversity, one of the heads of diversity, she's with, she works with June Sarpong at BBC and the diversity um, de- um, department, came under fire for saying the BBC detective character Luther, played by Idris Elba, wasn't black enough. Now, uh, I have a long story about this, but people misread and in- misinterpreted what she meant and said she was asking for a stereotype of a black man. Um, so basically, this is what she actually said. Let me get the points. She said, when it first, uh, she praised the show, basically, she said it's a strong black lead. Da, da, da. She was talking at a conference, of, you know, about diversity and all that type of stuff. She's a diversity manager, by the way. Um, she said that though she praised Luther for being a really strong black character lead, she said it was superficially diverse. When it first came out, everybody loved the fact that Idris Elba was in there, a really strong black character lead. We all fell in love with him. Who didn't write? But after you got into about the second series, you got kind of like, okay, he doesn't have any black friends. He doesn't eat any Caribbean food. This doesn't feel authentic. And so people on social media jumped on it and said, well, first of all, he's Syrianian and Ghanaian, so he wouldn't be eating Caribbean food anyway. Then they were saying stuff like, well, what kind of, what do you want a walking, talking parody of a black man was supposed to you know speak with slang and eat patties and all that type of stuff and just be a walking stereotype and i was like so basically about five six years ago i was at a diversity event and i'd always thought that about luther like why is luther isolated in his blackness and at the event i am i don't know if it was at bafta or something i said i made comments to that to such we're talking about representation on screen and diversity isn't just about taking black characters and putting them in the white world you authenticize their space in within this space to make it an authentic story. So you, you acknowledge the other people who are watching. It's not just white people who are watching. So I had said that, you know, why is Luther alone in his blackness? And it kind of rippled through the audience. I didn't expect, I didn't think it was a funny or anything, a massive comment. I just, that's what I've always thought. And I think Sir Lenny Henry was there and all that type of stuff. And then so I'm, when he started making these diversity conversations, um, Sir Lenny, he used that kind of reference about Luther. So the Luther effect became a thing on the back of it. And so Miranda's picking up this same thread of conversation. And I was just annoyed by the backlash because I felt like people didn't read and understand it. But I wanted to know before I get into it, did you hear about the backlash? Did you hear about the conversation? And do you, um, if you didn't hear about it, what are your general thoughts about black characters in shows and whether you think it's important to have authenticity? Auntie Nana. I think, so I saw like the foray in the various groups that I was in, people were talking about it. Some people were like, I get what she's saying. Others um, were really just going off of the headline and were like, they they didn't seem to get it. They seemed to jump on that if you, if you nitpick, like which is the general commentary, if you nitpick at anything that gets commissioned, it's like they're not going to commission anything else. So we should like accept what's put out there. So there was that argument going on, but without actually reading what was really in most of the articles and what she had said in its entirety. I agree with her. Um, I don't think that Luther is the best example of this though, because as far as I can remember watching it, I always put Luther in the scenario like a superhero or a comic character. You know, he's always in the same clothes. It's like he's in his house or he's in the office. It was very set places that things took place other than when he's fighting crime. But the fact that he was always in the same clothes, always had the same jacket on, to me felt a bit more like a comic character. Like he, it wasn't like a standard 
thing. Like, you know, he doesn't change his clothes. He doesn't go anywhere else other than fighting for the love, uh, the psychopath woman's, like, you know, doing her bidding. So, so I wouldn't expect him to have family because most superheroes have lost all of their family. Seems to be the general um, depiction. You know, they're, they, they're immersed in crime fighting because they have nobody to love, really. So I, I don't think he's the best character to base it on, but I understand what she's saying. If it wasn't that superhero element, then most definitely Luther was lacking in the all points of blackness. Like he, he could have been anything else. But even still, even if he was white, I still think there would have been some cultural significance that we would have seen. And that wasn't shown with Luther. He was like a an everyman, but had more leanings towards being a white man, really, than a black man. Um, but then when you think of characters in EastEnders, it's exactly the same. Like, unless they're Asian, Asians are always allowed to have um, cousins coming over. They're always allowed to celebrate their kind of cultural festivals. But black people very rarely have family parties or cousins or it's always very much like, oh, we're having rice and peas. Like it's it's so set in its ways and stereotypical. It's it's never authentic. Like I don't remember Denise ever having a party, a proper shubs take place in her house where the house was packed with black people. Like she had aunties and and cousins coming round and friends that she went to school with. That never happened. It was like her set her set family. And we we haven't been here that long to not have too many cultural ties. Like we're not that long in the tooth. So it should be exactly the same as what they afford their Asian characters. But black characters don't seem to have that um that authentic space to grow, to show themselves, um, and to impart what our culture is on big platforms. And and Coronation Street is even worse. Auntie Farah. Okay. <laughs> So, a while ago, I did a little rant about the Idrises and the Elders, <laughs> because Luther is another Idris thing that I haven't actually watched, and I don't care to. Um, however, I've read about the, I've read the articles from both sides, from both point of views, and it seems to me like um, Miranda, her, her, what she said has been misconstrued. All she said was he was a brilliant black character. However, it's not authentic to think that he would have had no black friends. You know, he's from London, right? He's going to have like one or two. I, I don't think like people have jumped on this thing of should he be eating a patty then or should he be wearing a tracksuit? That's not what she's saying. She's just saying that. And that is stereotypical within itself. Like you don't have to be a black person dressed like that we're not trying to do what's that one with ashley waters um top boy top boy we're not trying to say it should be like top boy but it's you know you you can be an affluent black person with affluent black friends one or two or whatever and i think that's just what she was trying to say diversity isn't just about planting a black person into a role it's about the authenticity surrounding them as well and you know i I read another article by what was her name? Uh, is it Emma Ella Ella Whelan on Spiked? And her article just kind of annoyed me a little bit because I thought, 
you're not best paced to talk about this type of thing anyway, love. No offense to you. But um yeah, I don't I can't comment on it. The only thing that I can say is diversity isn't just about it's not it's not good enough to just put a black person in a role just for putting them in the role's sake. You have to make it seem authentic, like they should be there. Unless it's gonna be like, you know, like like a thing about like farming or that sort of thing where they are culturally removed from their culture. They, you know, they're removed, they're put into a situation that is very far from their culture and they have to adapt to that. I don't think Luther was going for that because he's in London. So how can you be in London as a black man and you don't have not a one black friend? That's not authentic. And I'm not saying you have to be eating KFC either, but come on. Auntie Shade. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch, I've never watched Luca, to be honest. I'm not a massive fan of Idris Elba, unfortunately, either. Yay! Um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I mean, like, in, in principle, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, does he not get his hair cut? Like, what the hell? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't, you don't have a black barber. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just laziness. That's why I see it as I just think it's pure laziness that to not even to do the research to make it as authentic as possible. If it was authentic, they'll probably get more viewers. Um, do you know what I mean? Better ratings, more street. Do you know what I mean? All of that kind of stuff, and it would be it would be even loved loved even more. Do you know what I mean? There's a diversity. Diversity is it always makes things better at the end of the day, and doing the work makes things better. I just think like we've seen recent um, examples of this in um, Behind Her Eyes, where the black character there she's eating beans on toast. In what world? What I don't know any black modern woman that goes home and eats beans on toast. I don't know any character like any black modern woman who wakes up from a nightmare and goes to the bathroom and drinks bathroom. Yes, Auntie it's not it's not so what they've done is they 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 just plucked her as a black person and put her in a white character role it's ridiculous do you know what i mean like do 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 the work man it's just I, like i said i think it's very very lazy and i do think that twitter is a very very toxic place you're just gonna get every um opinion and sometimes those opinions are just not warranted do you know what i mean like the nitpicking stuff it's just like like like, let's just get to the, the, the facts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, let's just get to the actual fact. Or like, oh, he could be doing this. He could be doing that. Oh, get out of there, man. It's just, yeah. Hold the people responsible. And stop being fearful as well. Oh, it's not going to get uh, uh, funded. Stop stop, stop with that fear. And and find your own funding. And, and, and you know, like other I, platforms. Anyway, I agree. I agree. I agree. 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 Because um, so basically, the thing is, it's all about this colorblind casting thing that's taken over diversity and, and representation in in the arts. So Neil Cross is his name. Is it Neil Cross? Let me just double check. Yes. 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 Neil Cross. Yes. Neil Cross is the creator of Luther, and the um the character was created white. So he says, I have no, so in response to all of this, he said, um, I have no knowledge or expertise or right to try to tackle in some way the experience of being a black man in modern Britain. It would have been an act of tremendous arrogance for me to try to write a black character. We would have ended up with a slightly embarrassed, ignorant, middle-class white writers 
idea of a black character. Now, this is where I say, young, well, not even young man, Mr. Cross, this is where in the writer's room, in the creation of the show, once you have now decided you're going to cast a non-white character in a, char- in a role that was supposed to be for a white actor, what you do is you go back through the script and you get a, you either get a black script consultant that you pay, you get black writers who you pay, or you get a black script ed- editor who you pay to then bring in some authenticity and round out the character even more. Because that is where you'll get a fully rounded character that appeals to all audiences. Because what these people do is they don't give a fuck about the black audience. They ignore the black person who is 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus. This is, I'm literally repeating a tweet that I put out and had a big discussion on Twitter about it. They don't care about this, um, our, the audiences, that, and they, they only care about the young black audience that's um, the top boy audience or the, uh, like, what, who they call the urban audience that's into music and that type of stuff. The 18 to 25s, the 16 to 24s, maybe that's all they care about. They don't care about us who worked, who pay taxes, who pay our TV license, who are comfortable or in at least a blue collar slash white collar job. They don't care about us. Nothing on UK TV that's made by the mainstream um, production companies addresses our interests. And so when I work, because I'm I'm cool with Idris, I'm cool with, um, as in, I, I have no problem with his, his shows and all that type of stuff. I watched Luther with excitement. And then I was like, I can't watch this because nothing about this show rep- is to do with me. And it's not that it is a detective show. So yes, there is that kind of superhero, lonely character thing. But if he was white, there would still be something because his setting automatically by default would authenticize him. But as a black man, and especially because Luther is a geezer, he's a dodgy geezer, he, t- he bends the line. Now, I'm not saying that he, because of that, he will know black people that are criminals and all that type of shit. But he's from London. He's a, he's a geezer. He knows, he, and even if it's not black people, for example, he will know a different caliber of people. He'll know people to go to. He'll know people to talk to. And he's not going to be in the Builders Cafe every day for lunch. He's going to, like, he will go to a food shop and get a patty and something, or he will get some chicken or something. Why not? But why does that have to be one for the people who are reacting? Oh, that's a stereotype. Well, if he does want, like, what do you do in your daytime? So when you're saying that this is a stereotype, what do you do in your day? I don't go to the Builders Cafe. I don't. I mean, I I do sometimes. I I I go to both. Can I just I, add to, saying, to do both? To do both. I, just, I just want to add to your point about what you're saying to the about the script. Like in advertising and marketing, this is called localization. It's a very basic thing. So if one market does something and it's made for another market, you go through it and you change it so it's for that market and it makes sense to that market. It's not hard. It really isn't. It's, yeah. Also, as well, uh, Top Boy, I swear the white is right, isn't it? Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So, what the fuck? Like, it's possible. And if you can't do it, find someone that can. Like, you also, alter kind of like theory that it has to be this one great person, one great director, one great writer that does things in isolation. You should find someone who knows their expertise and then can do it. Like, additionally, when you're having your script meeting, when you're having your read throughs, characters say, at, during the read-throughs, my character wouldn't say this. So at, it's at those points that you can interject some cultural identity. My character wouldn't say this. My character wouldn't go there. It's not unknown for people to do that. So and that's there's, there's options. That's like what Charlotte said, it doesn't have to be that a black man needed to write it necessarily to inject some of those things. There are people in the room who can say certain things. There are the actors themselves who can say certain things. So, but that's what exactly what I said. You can have a writer's team with black yeah. people in it to authenticize the, the script. And after you colorblind cast, 
that's when you take it back. I just literally just said that. Take it back to the team, and then it's like, okay. Script editor could be. No, black. I'm agreeing. I'm no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm over agreeing. Um, and also because in Luther and sticking on Luther, we had two black women in that in the season. We had Wumi Masaku in season five, and um, Nikki Amuka Bird in. I can't remember which season she was in. And I, I didn't see Wumi's um, um, season, so I don't know. But what I do know is that Nikki Amuka Bird, and this is this is me being a bit facetious, is that. You're a black woman. You turn up to work, and this is not whether you think he's had sexy or not, whatever. He's an averagely looking, good looking man, whatever the case, however he's been positioned. You turn up to work. You see this black man at work in this position as Mr. Detective. He's a bit of a bit, bit cheeky, chappy, bit woo, a bit way, a bit dangerous on the edge. They made this black woman first challenge him in a way that I, I, I it's just inauthentic for me to believe that she would immediately go to work, see this black man, challenge him, go against him link up with the white man to go like to challenge his, his path you would have different conversations with him if you could and in the jokey side of me i was saying she definitely would go home call her version girl if you know who was at work today and all that type of stuff i wonder if he likes black women you'd have those type of conversations this is me being silly but it's that authenticity where if we're watching as black women or uh, for, i'm taking black women because it just positioned as a sex symbol there's a they've definitely ignored how black women because it's women that are the consumers, right? Women are the ones who watch things and get things over, the, get ratings, get the ratings for certain, for most of these primetime shows. So it's appealing to what, what, why are they ignoring the black woman? Is that my point? Because I'm watching Nufa and he's running after a crazy white woman for five seasons. I'm switching off because that's enough now. And there was no, yeah, go on. I, I just think it, it, it works to um, add into that the erasure of the black experience and in this yes. the black british experience do you know what i mean like it's 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 totally it's, it's there's no place for it anymore do you know what i mean they just need to do better like we exist we don't we don't show up how you show up and that's okay do you know what i mean that doesn't mean that like, maybe maybe the, your audiences will learn something the ones that you care about maybe they'll learn something you Ex know exactly it's that fear of what, why are you brainwashing white people to think they can't handle black authenticity? Why are you doing that? And I think white people should be more angry about that. Like, stop being... That, stop. That, that's, that's what I think. I think definitely white people should be like, why are you dumbing down what we can see? Like, yeah. why are you presuming <laughs> that we couldn't handle seeing a real black character? Like, that's mm. actually thoroughly offensive. I'm not offended as a black person, really, with these things. I think white people should be very offended because they're doing it in the name of your taste buds, that you couldn't handle this. That I would find that offensive if that was me. But what you said about um, the first black woman, and I, I never remember her name. Wumi Masaku or Nikki Amuka No, Bird. the other one. Nikki Amuka Bird. Yeah, yeah, like Nikki. Um, I actually found that their dynamic was probably more real. And maybe right. because they're in the police force, I, I I do think there is most definitely that like I want to be the only black in the village, and if he has a top spot, that she would try and get it. I thought that was way that I thought that was actually a really their but tension think, was quite realistic from the police officers that I know. That's something that they've experienced. Like just there's either a lot of you, or if there's only two, there's tension. It's like you repel because then it's like there's only one position. And I, I, in the army as well, but it's a similar thing. It's like there's either a lot of you or if there's only few of you, there's tension because then you're like, I've got to be the dominant person. So I thought their reaction was actually quite, it, it, or even in a workspace, I thought that was very, that was more realistic, but they needed to have more conversations 
about this dynamic because that also is cultural. That's something to discuss if they were open to discussing it. But I didn't think it was unrealistic. I see, because I, I, I don't know, because I, I, I went to the thought that black people in the workplace, uh, I don't know, a black, just black women going, coming for a black man. I just don't see it. I, but maybe I'm being... You suss them out. Like, I think in the corporate world, you suss them out, first of all. You're not going to go... Unless they would have to display to you, I think like thinking about my own experiences that they're not down do you know what I mean they would have well, he was dodgy and she down. wasn't so you see how the repulsion goes if she's so like I want she she wasn't dodgy and he was. he was so because he was bad she took that as an affront to her and I thought that was actually very realistic if you were like I want to toe the line and this yeah. guy yeah, you were distance representing she wanted him out. I was like, actually, culturally, that was more. But that go was one of way. the points that I was like, that was spot on. But go out of her way to get him out. I just, I just don't see that as. But maybe I'm just, I'm naive to that. I don't know. I, I, I've been in situations where I've had to literally distance myself to from someone because it could have hurt my reputation at work for sure. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand what Auntie Lena saying. Yeah, there's distancing, but it will actually actively going against them. I wonder. There's no, yeah. there's, there's situations in 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 work where you're like, why are they acting like that? Because you know <laughs> they yeah. they are being stereotypical. Yes, and they are making it seem like that's how we all. And I hate yeah. to fucking say shit like this, but you know what I'm you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's like we can be better. We can do better. We don't need to be like that. So then in those situations, I can, if, if thinking about what you're saying, if he was dodgy and she's like trying to not be dodgy and build herself up, I can understand why she was like, nah, fuck you. You're not raining on my parade type of shit. Yeah. I just, I just don't buy the, for me, I don't buy the um, going out of their way. I feel like the distancing makes sense to me, but actually conspiring against the black person to get them out I just don't see a black woman doing that but I'm not saying that they don't it would depend if what they've done and if, they're, if yeah. what they're doing directly affect, affects them do you know what I mean because if someone does something to directly affect me you're, yeah, I'm taking you out mate I think it was the role I, I don't know maybe we, we're overdoing it but I, I was just thinking that did he do anything to affect her directly I understand the offence so I understand distancing in that scenario I think it's different scenarios yes but that particular scenario just seemed a bit like she wouldn't do that but that's to, that's I literally thought no I can see her being like I'm not in it I'm not involved but obviously that wouldn't make for a series but that's the part where, because it's diversity, you've got this black woman. And if I'm seeing like that, there's going to be other women that think like me and other women that think like you, Auntie Nana. But who has been considered where actually they've just put a black woman in this role and they haven't even considered. Because as you said, that dynamic could have been explored without it being like, you're black and I'm black and we're all supposed to be together and have a, like a diversity speech in the middle of a show that's not about that. But there could have been some nuances that actually what would happen in this space. If you were in the writer's room having a little breakdown about that scene, you could have a conversation. So, so these two people are at loggerheads. Why? Because you're going to get people that are questioning it and just have that conversation. And even if they say we discussed it and went with that, I'd feel a lot better than you know that they just cast Nikki and then didn't maybe even explore that. So even just double check that woman like me, woman like Nana, like Auntie Farah, Auntie Sade, we're all going to have a kind of, okay, we feel like you've addressed this kind of dynamic. Because they I, don't I, do that. They don't do that. I, I don't know. I, from what, and I think I've watched this, their seasons a couple of times when I used to really back Luther. 
I actually feel like their dynamic to me made the show because it was okay. so toxic. It was like this shit really happens. Like this is this is a heightened version of one of the real fundamental issues that black women and black men have in a workplace. Like I thought it was very significant. But it would have been more I think it would have been more um essential for them to have more conversations where it was just the two of them really exploring what their tension was because it was very real. Um, and I, I think th- there'll be more people that would be like, I've experienced it, really. I think that's the point. It's because it's just not dealt with. It seemed unrealistic. But as you're saying it, because I've only watched it once and I was annoyed by it. And I think that's what made me like, I'm not watching this anymore. So, yeah. But let's get the comments. OK. Well, we have quite a few of them. Um, uh, I'll start with uh, Nicola says, just on the point of Lufa, remember, Lufa was created in 2010 Wokeness in the media for black people is like veganism. We know what it is, but it was not a lived experience. People are just getting carried away. If you made it today and you had the same issue, I could understand that more. And Tafadwa says, I confess, my name is Tafadwa. I am black and I am patty. <laughs> a queer says there has always been the lone black ta- character in a white world. I agree with Auntie Nana. Luther is all the lone wolf detectives. The character is the same as the one fat white Scottish <laughs> detective. Uh, I, I know the guy you're talking about. Luther is a black man. Yeah, cracker. No, <laughs> cracker. I'm really cracker. We no, did that It's cracker or tiger? Who's the big one? the fat one. Tiger's the one that said there's been a murder. That's Tiger. Robbie, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's saying Cracker was actually Cracker. No, I knew it was Taggart, but it's not Taggart. Taggart was the short white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Taggart was the short Scottish white guy, but then the big white guy was his name actually Cracker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's that man's name was Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> can you listen to what you're saying? <laughs> That's why I'm saying it. Like, like, I swear the season is called Cracker. I, I think it's is. Cracker. I'm sure it's Cracker. How did we both say Cracker? I'm sure the man's name is Cracker. He's called Cracker. It's Robbie Coltrane. Yes. Hey, go, Robbie Coltrane. Cracker. And he's um, a criminal psychologist, Dr. Yeah. Edward, played by... He's called Dr. Edward Pitt. I don't know why it's called Cracker because he yeah. cracks the case. That's why I find funny. From I'm like, did a black man write it? I never finished the point. That did not age well at all. Okay. So Luther is a black man playing a white man politically in the white worldview. The black hero must be isolated, it's deliberate. It's all about making black people feel isolated. They do it all the time. It's not an accident. It's important to understand how whiteness works. As Nina Nini Fuller Jr. says, if you do not understand white supremacy, racism, then everything else you think you understand will only confuse you. This system never sleeps. Uh, Nee says, every black woman I've come across in a work environment has had my back in some way. T. Smith says, hey, sisters. Yes, Auntie AK, I have experienced that where a black man forced to get me out and it does happen and the fact that black men feel no way about it 
I was like, shit, he must hate his culture and married to a white woman. And, um, oh, how is Auntie Farah? She looks in so much pain. So how I, are you, Auntie? Yeah, I'm, I'm stiff, pain. man. I'm in pain. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we're done, I'm popping a diazepam and going to sleep. <laughs> what, um, what I was going to say is uh, that's the way I saw it more. Like a black man, for some reason, I see black men working to get a black woman out than the other way around. And that's what didn't oh. resonate with me. Yeah, I see I can, and I, exactly what the person said is like, um, you wonder if they've got a white woman and all that type of stuff because the disloyalty as we um, uh, as we, we tend to discuss is that when they're, I don't know, it's maybe I'm speaking in absolute stereotypical fables, but it's that um, thing where we feel like if a black man doesn't date black, there's a extra level of disconnect that they have and they're more readily able to go against us in spaces like that, especially when it's only black in the room syndrome. Um, so that's that's why I didn't kind of believe it because I feel like black women, and like, as Nee said, but even though I was going to say that Nee, I'm sure you weren't doing loofah business and acting shady in the workplace, but I feel like black women are more nurturing and protective of fellow black colleagues. And if they do see someone fucking up, the distance happens rather than going into, <laughs> Auntie Shade, I understand, um, than going into the into extra space um, to collude with other white people to get that black person out, unless it's something where they've literally, there's no way out of it, that you've, they've, you've, they've really got you in trouble. But I just don't see, I just don't, I just don't buy it. I just don't see it. And, and maybe, and like it I said. depend what type of black person they are though as well. No, because and that it can be two, it can be from two ways. Yeah. And I, I was going to say something as well, shit, about, um, ah, the work environment, something else, something else, something else, I can't remember. There was something else I was going to say about it, but I guess we can move on. We shall see in other shows. Um, I like I always. I do also hate when I see black characters get into get sit on their couch or in on their bed with shoes on. It's just such a stupid thing. It doesn't happen. That is. It doesn't ridiculous. happen. Who does that? No one I, does that. And it's in the minority if they do, because like you literally come in from outside and get on your whole bed with your shoes on. No. And start chatting, or you sit in your couch feet first with your shoes on. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, no training. That's that's what you would be thinking. If someone done that in your house, you think they've got no home training, and you want to take their shoes off. It's bad enough when they sit down when you've been on the outside. Don't sit on my bed with your outside clothes. Like, that is an issue. So it's little things like that, little teeny sprinkles of things that we. You don't have to have big diversity speeches or have real moments of. They don't care. They don't care. They'd make so much money if they catered to black audiences. 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus. Anyway, um, Auntie Farah, what have you heard? Okay, so mine's a little bit lighter. Um, and this is not a story. This is a Marks and Spencer's stroke Aldi story. Yay! Now, for those of you that don't know, Marks and Spencer's recently brought a lawsuit against Aldi um, because Aldi do a version of the caterpillar cake called Cuthbert. Why is it called Cuthbert as well, though? Like, real talk. Anyway, Aldi do, <laughs> Aldi do a caterpillar cake called Cuthbert and Marks and Spencers have done a caterpillar cake called Colin for the last 30 years. Now, Marks and Spencers are saying that Aldi are stealing their copyright and their intellectual property of this cake. 
Now, the thing that made me laugh mostly is that um, Audi are not alone in their Caterpillar cloning. You've got ones from Waitrose, you've got ones from Asda, you've got Tesco, you've got every all the big supermarket chains have their version of this Caterpillar cake. But for some reason, Marks and Spencers have taken set on Aldi. So I just want to know from you guys, is there a point where um, flattery does become, you know, it's, it's not the highest form of, uh, not flattery, sorry, copy, copying is not the, the highest form of flattery. Do you think that Marks and Spencers should even be able to sue over a food item? Because what next? Are they going to say like, Aldi, you're selling salmon. You can't sell salmon. We sell salmon. Our salmon's molded in cheese. Like, how far do you think it can go? Like, what are your thoughts? Should Cuthbert be free? Auntie Shade. Um, free Cuthbert, man. Free free all the way. Um, I think like if you're gonna sue Marks and Spencer, you need to sue them all in one big lawsuit and get them all. Um, but I think it's I think it's just pretty ridiculous. I actually think they're just colluding behind the scenes. I think that the marketing person at Marks and Spencer's went to brunch um with now we're allowed outside they went to outside brunch with the person from Audi and thought you know what would be really like good um create good buzz let's do this like you do this and then you tweet this and you create this thing because yeah it's just it's just perfect marketing do you know what I mean how many kids are going to get a, a, a capulet cake for their birthday now do you know what I mean like it's just it's just great marketing I don't think it's serious at all um but yeah, I think like as I've kind of grown in business, I feel like uh, I've definitely um, I'm not so sensitive to people copying. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't necessarily. I think it's plagiarism though, but I don't see it as necessarily flatterism. Um, flatter, flattering, flatterism, <laughs> flattering. Um, but like, I think it's just part of the nature of the world that nothing's really original, right? Do you know what I mean? It takes a lot for something to be original. And if they haven't, um, they if they've trademarked it, then why are the other um, companies allowed to get away with it? That's the thing. So I think it's just uh, trying to create social buzz, personally. Auntie Nana. I think, d- yeah, d- definitely what Auntie Shade said. I think that this is like, um, it's hype and it's marketing. But they they're still like doing the same shit. Like they they're using black pain. Like Cuthbert is most definitely a Caribbean caterpillar, and they're just they're they're doing the same thing. It's made of like choc black choc like chocolate, <laughs> and they're only going after Cuthbert because it's a black. <laughs> it's open season on black pain and they got together and they decided we can capitalize on this shit but there's colin cuthbert clyde Cecil Curly Wiggles. That's all that For some is. reason, That's all I, I didn't really think of caterpillars like um, you know, uh, th- that they were black. But for some reason, that seems to be like what they are. That like, it's just, I'm I'm not sure about this. I want to try the cake though. But really, I think they're going after Cuthbert because he is a Caribbean ca- caterpillar. I 
do you know what? It's ridiculous. I remember it was tradition, literally tradition in our in our circle to get a call in the caterpillar cake for the kids' birthdays. It's literally tradition. So I feel for Marks and Spencers. I didn't, you know, you can't just sue one. What 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 is what did Aldi do that was a violation of that everyone else has done? Um to you i don't understand and it is if it's not if it's not anything it is marketing um but i was thinking that in because i do love a marks and spencer's food and a food store that they've had struggles in maintaining and surviving and i'm sure things are worse so if it is not marketing to um get some numbers up there's also that i wonder if they're feeling sensitive because they are struggling so they like lashed out i'm like i'm just gonna sue somebody and then start to build their case i don't know but um it's just it's just a weird one but yeah it just it just reeks of it must be market it has to be marketing it has to be auntie farah yeah it's got to be marketing i mean the thing is looking at all the caterpillar cakes cuthbert does look the closest to colin out of all of the cakes however it's a fucking cake sorry it's a cake do you know what i mean it's a cake who cares it's a cake and i i I reckon i'm with you auntie shade they all went out to brunch and they were like how can we get boost our sales again? What can we do? And it's just the Aldi's Twitter has been killing me. The things that they've been saying, they said Mark and, marks and snitches more like. <laughs> Cuthbert has been found guilty of being delicious. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just jokes. And they were like, don't worry, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, we've got your back. It's just, yeah, it's, it's got to be marketing. It's like when Wendy and, and um, what is it? Wendy, what's that one? Wendy and Popeyes, I think, in America, when they're doing this whole who makes the better bloody biscuit or whatever it is. I think it's the same sort of thing. It's just marketing, isn't it? They I can't think, be serious. I think it's a little, the only thing I think is a little bit different, and I guess um, for all of us who've got brands that we run, it's a little bit like, I do understand, even though the only thing I don't understand is why you haven't sued everybody that's done it. And I suppose if Cuthbert is the closest looking to yours, then it's like, nah, you're literally just taking mine and putting a new name on it. So I just wondered about, I understand that you you can never stop anything, but if like you could be, just do something different. If you, someone's got quite on calling the Caterpillar, why not do Betty the Butterfly? Do you know what I'm saying? But it isn't, I understand being, because it's like you're trademarking something that, was yours like Percy Pigs, Colin the Caterpillar? You associate that with Marks and Spencer's, so it's like a little bit of a like, I don't know what is the Mormont bag for Gucci. You know that those there's staple things that brands have that every you know everyone knows is associated. There's a two way thing. Either they shouldn't be so sensitive because everyone knows that you're the original Dandada, so stop being sensitive. But the other thing is like this is our thing that we created in our own you know it's our own special thing. And I maybe I'll take it, take it to smaller brands and stuff like that. You've got your signature thing and someone just switches one teeny thing and then it's capitalising on it. And it's so obvious that it was on, because I know it's, it's hard, like Auntie Anna says, to get an original <laughs> idea. But when you come up with something that's so defined as your thing and then someone does a tweak and then they're, do you know, it's like... But then you know, sue everybody. Then sue everybody. Saying, sue saying, all the other 95 shops out there that are making caterpillar cakes. Yeah, sue yeah. all the mums and dads at home who are making caterpillar cakes. Yeah. Like, come on now. Like, Marks and Spencers have their version of jammy dodgers. Is foxes coming for them? Foxes ain't coming for them. Like, wh- when does it stop? Like, no, but I was going to say, sorry, I was going to say that, but they're not called jammy dodgers, are they? They're called um, jam creams. Jam creams. So, it's, 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 do you know, I'm, 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 I'm just, it's not called Colin. It's called Cuthbert. But it's Cuthbert the Caterpillar. So I'm just saying, I'm just asking. It's just because it's Cuthbert the Caterpillar. So it's specifically, take, specifically taking something that 
is branded. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm not. It's not. No, I understand what you're saying, but my point is that sue everybody their Marks and Spencers and be prepared to be sued equally because there's <laughs> stuff that you do that ain't yours. So, yeah, I think if they do anything that's like exactly um, Jimmy Jump, Jimmy Dodgers instead of Jack, like, I think it's that play on someone's brand where it's so obvious that you're playing on their brand. That's the part why I can understand the sensitivity, but you're right. Sue all the brands. I don't think it's suing people at home because I think that's that's just going too far because Mark Spencer, I think, has recipe books and stuff like that. So I'm sure that they couldn't sue the mum at home. But if, if the mum at home wanted to go and start selling cakes around the corner... But they do, people, what they're saying. people do come for brands that like, like if you got TFC, you know, I don't know how, that's another thing. I don't know how TFC and Nindos survive in the face of Nando's and KFC. Because then, you know, we all see the local stores that have literally switched the name. There's a store I'm, in Fulham that's got, it's, it's literally peri-peri everything. Nan, I, yeah. I it's actually called Nando's, but it's not Nando's. KFC know. did a whole brand, they did a whole advert where they showed all the different PFC, TFC, JFC, they showed, they did a whole massive campaign, and at the end of it, they said, thank you. Because it's like flattery, isn't it? Is the, the, is the highest form. The, the, the imitation is the highest form of flattery. They said, thank you. <laughs> because you can't stop a man from selling chicken and calling it whatever he wants to, to call it. It's just, you're, what Marks and Spencer should, be, should have done is they should have said, this isn't Cuthbert, this is Colin. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. they should have done. You're gonna sue them. How much money is that? It's got. To be, it's got to be marketing. It, has so to it be. will probably. If you dig deep enough, Aldi is probably owned by Marks and Spencers. <laughs> the other way around. Yeah. This is it. This is it. Um, <laughs> you get the comments. Okay, we have um, that form. Red Border says, I am going to identify as a caterpillar and sue all of them for misappropriation. And T Smith says, M&S is just vexed because their profits ain't swimming and more people flocking to Aldi as with the pandemic. And people are saying the, are saving the pennies. They do not. Oh, I'm not too sure. I'll go on to Nicola. Have you seen M&S tweet? Hey, Aldi UK, we love a charity idea. Um, we just want you to use your own character. How about Kevin the Carrot Cake? That I that idea is on us, and we promise we won't do Keith. They definitely are up to something. And Tafadzma says, personally, original fruit cake with plenty rum will do. Give thanks. And the Red Border says there is a supermarket called Singsbury's. But um. I've seen that supermarket yeah. and it's owned by this little man and everything about it is like Sainsbury's. It's like McDowell's in, in the yeah. original company yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything about it, it looks like Sainsbury's, but it's just called Sainsbury's. I think that's a brilliant idea. That's jokes. Um, I just want to know, Kevin the Carrot Cake is ridiculous, Mark Spencer. They need to just delete that tweet. <laughs> that's terrible. Also, what, are we spelling Kevin with a C now? No, they put it. He put they put K. So they're, they're trying to like. But that's a terrible comparison. If you're going to argue, argue properly. Like Aldi's run with the like, um, you know, got the jokes on tap and made it witty. Mark Spencer, you sound like this is why you're struggling because you're the you're you really are. <laughs> that's bait. That's bait. I just think like, how can they even have a case? Because you would have to prove that people would be confused between the two products. Like you can't go into an Aldi and think that you're in Marks and Spencers. It's just not. 
you you're not confused about what you're buying like you know it's Cuthbert and not Colin like that's why I just it's just nonsense I don't know they should just they should look they like, have uh, said they have said um people are believing they're of the same standard and that Audi are riding on the coattails of Marks and Spencer's reputation I think that I think that's true they are but then that's and what it is that's so is all the other ones I think I think that's a lie I think that they're clutch, clutching at straws that, that they would think that people will go to Audi thinking that they're going to get the same qualities of Marks and Spencer's like on any product I just don't think that's the case people they're go trying to get the glue us Hmm? They're trying to gorilla glue us. They're trying to. <laughs> I've made the mistake. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe. Yeah, I'm. 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 Yeah. Anyway, let's go to one, two, three. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. Auntie's no best. Yeah, that that was. Quite I like cool. when it ended. Yeah. <laughs> you like to turn off your camera. Um, okay. So, okay. Right. I, I start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, hey, aunties, I actually found your podcast and I'm hooked. I'm going to get straight into it. I come from a small family and have gained some friends over the years, but don't really have a social group. And one thing lockdown has made me realise is that what I would like is to have experiences and do things, but I need a friendship group for that. What? How do you gain friends? I'm in my mid-30s and have always worked remotely. Any suggestions, aunties? Auntie Shadow. I don't have friends. I don't know. <laughs> 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 be likable <laughs> um yeah like be like like find a common interest so find like something that you like and find like uh maybe like facebook groups or what do people use nowadays clubhouse um groups and talk to people about stuff that you like that already like the stuff that you like does that make sense and then, and then, and then you have a common interest, and then build bonds that way. Auntie Farah, yes, yeah, now <laughs> that's all you can do. Like, yeah, you gotta get outside of your comfort. Your, what is it? Your comfort zone. Come outside of your comfort zone. Like, go if you listen. There are some people out there on social media just dying to meet new people. Just go on there, open up your social media, take it off private. You'll have people in your inbox in like 90 seconds. There you go. Job done. Whole bag of new friends. Um, <laughs> how, to make, how to make new friends? I don't. No, because it's, it's a bit it's a bit daunting to go out and like, hi, I need a friend. It's really hard. And I, I actually remember someone doing that on Facebook and saying, you know, I'm, I'm struggling because I don't have people to talk to. And people did, I think. But that was, yeah, I think people were like, oh, I'll be your friend. <laughs> Do you know what I thought of the Kiora advert? I'll be your dog, but not friend. Anyway. <laughs> um, that's what came into my I'll be your dog. I'll be your dog. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I 
it, I don't know, join groups, it is that thing, join groups, mutual interests and things like that. There are a meetup, that website meetup, not that we're sponsored by them, so we could be. Um, meetup, I think they do like lots of interest groups and then you can sign up and there are black meetup groups for things and cinema clubs and all that type of stuff. So if you're not, if you're not shy and introverted or awkward in that way, you feel and find that daunting, you can sign up and just go and catch up and see if you, sorry, I've got, I don't know how to turn off my alerts. Um, and just see if that something like that can kick. I, I, otherwise, I, I don't know how to make new friends like that. And join a gym. Go to a gym class. And, and yeah, gym class. Precisely that. It's like join the gym, go to classes. Like you have to, especially when you're working remotely um, or being self-employed or you work from home, you kind of have to be way more social and actually involve yourself in things. And meetup.com was made for that reason. It was literally like a woman traveling around the world and needed friends in various countries. And she came up with this platform. So that's the, the great starting place. And doing classes, doing evening classes, like just get a hobby and then you'll meet somebody there who was also there alone maybe they're a really good person and then you they may have more friends and then you have a friendship group it's like that's that's how you make friends really it's tell you your friends get with my friends we can yeah. all be friends but don't you know there's still protocols because because you don't have too many friends you may not know like you can't if somebody introduces you to their friend don't just swoop in there because you're desperate for friends and then try and get in there like because that can cut off the friendship so just play it easy just be sociable and then you'll find that your circle will come together but don't be a big friend don't insert yourself at every opportunity to go places like you know just wait to be invited but join the gym well also yeah because she said she likes she wants to have more experiences so it doesn't actually it's saying that she's got some friends but she wants more friends or different friends to do more experiences with so maybe she's got friends that aren't very adventurous so then if that's if you're that type of person who wants to do more things you're definitely the right type of person to sign up to some groups and start getting out there because you're not you don't feel you don't feel nervous of being the only one that no doesn't know anyone and stuff like that but you know you know like sometimes people who don't have too many friends and let's say everybody's going to Rome but you don't have too many friends and you haven't been invited but you try and invite yourself to go to Rome but you may not be in the friendship group yet. It's like just ease off. Like, you know, we know a girl that tried to do that. There was someone that we know that tried to jump on my 40th birthday. And it was like, yeah, but that's different. I think exactly. it's more like a public facing group rather than someone's friendship group. Like, oh, hello, I'm going to come. No, you don't do that. You yeah, but you could have met through the public facing. So I'm just giving extra advice. Yeah, you when got you get that. in with the friendship group, just sometimes be easy. Like, you know, you don't have to be too like, oh my God, they're great. I want to go everywhere with them. Like, just yeah. hold back a little. Like, you know. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting people. Awesome. I do have friends. Just officially, I do. Oh, do people sorry, like friends. <laughs> Yeah, so sorry, I do. I just, I, I'm not fond of They're coming for you. They're coming for you. Like, saying, like, oh, I thought we were friends. Well, when you said that, I was like, oh, all right then, cool, isn't it? It's like her birthday. Remember, she said she had the best time. I know, it was like, all right. I okay, that was Shade. I see <laughs> all the aunties were there, but she had the best 
my family. Is that okay? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's hey. much like aunties. Oh, really. I get it. I get it. I'm so, we haven't had an auntie meet up yet, guys, but we will do. And I know that they're going to shower me in gifts because they're such great aunties, aren't you guys? We will shower you in gifts when we do that stupid Shoreditch house nonsense thing that you need to set up. <laughs> moving, on, on, moving on, moving on. Okay. Um, do we have anyone responding to that dilemma? Um, yes, we do. We do. Um, actually, Aquia asks, why is Auntie AK the only one singing? Uh, FP Com says she must have other hobbies or if you are an entrepreneur, what about your sector? Aquia says you don't make friends at the gym. There are black walking groups. That's one of the best ways to meet people. And FP Com says you guys need to do a meet and greet. Yes, yeah, we, we do. We, we yeah. should. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Red has added Shoreditch House. How can we come? Well, <laughs> it's, a one one and one. it's a one. It's a one in one out policy at the moment. So you were said about inserting yourself into. Actually, it. Actually, Come. Okie dokie. Hey, aunties. I have a good guy friend. Let's call him Aaron, who's been with his girlfriend Laura for a long time. So over the years, me and Laura have naturally become really good friends. We always text and pre-lock and pre-lockdown. We were together socially a lot. From our extended circle, I got wind that Aaron was speaking to other girls, but I ignored it as it was hearsay. Then last week, the outside world opened, and who did I see with another woman? Aaron. I took him to the side and told him about himself, but now I'm not really sure what to do. I so want to tell Laura, but I knew Aaron first, so my loyalty should lie with him, right? If I go to Laura, then I'm going to feel like a right snitch. Nobody likes a snitch. Please help him help. I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. Auntie Farah. I knew you were going to come to me first. It's just all in the rotation. <sighs> so she, she confronted him, right? She told him about himself. Yeah, she has. And who's more her brethren now, the girlfriend? Rather than him. Yeah, she's got closer to his girlfriend, but she knew him first. I suppose she should say to him, you need to tell your girlfriend because I don't want to be in this situation where I'm lying to her. Me and I have a friendship. You need to tell her. I'm giving you a time period to tell her because whether or not she knew him first don't mean nothing. If she's closer with the chick now, that's the real friendship, isn't it? Because, yeah, that is, yeah, I don't know. She should, she should give him an ultimatum because it, the last thing that she wants to happen is for the girlfriend to find out that she knew and did nothing. Although, yeah, it's awkward. I don't know. Give him an ultimatum. That's what I reckon. I'm giving you until next week to chat to your chick. Auntie Anna. Oh yeah, I, I I think the same. I mean, generally, my stance in these circumstances is mind your business. But if she's feeling to to talk about something, my thing would be what she's done is like speak to the speak to the guy and tell him about himself, and then mind your business. So I I, I stand by that. But if you want to go a step further, I think Auntie Farah 
suggestion is what you should do is to speak to the guy and give him an ultimatum. Whether or not you're going to follow through on that, I suggest you don't follow through on it. But at least you told him I'm giving you a week to say something and then I'm going to tell. But I still think don't tell. I think it's very rarely appreciated when you tell somebody that their partner has been cheating and whatever is done in the dark will come to the light anyway. So I would just stay out of it because she's going to find out at some point. Auntie Shade. Um, well, surprisingly, I'm going to say, say something. <laughs> Absolutely say something. Um, but you can be, you could just say that, look, I don't, I, I know you're not going to want to hear this. Um, but I saw your boyfriend, I had a word with him, and yeah, he's with someone else, mate. So you might know, I don't know who she was, could have been a, your, his cousin, but he was with someone. Um, yeah, that's it, like, you know, obviously with love and care and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think you should say something. I think it's about the nature of your relationship. She's only speaking to the guy. She's, so why speak to him again? Do you know what I mean? Um, I think similar. I think it's about the strength of your real relationship. If you become fast, like social buddies, and it's like not as deep as maybe you've got, if you've got your own crew of girls as your girls, and this you just happen to be friends with this girl, and it's just like you shop together, you do like superficial things together, but she's not, it's not deep, then I think you can distance yourself and say, I don't need to be part of this nonsense. But if she's become a really good friend, because you can make new friends, <laughs> as we well, kind of, yeah, you can make new friends. And if you're really, she's really close, and um, then you can. Then I feel like it's, what's more important, protecting this guy that if you're not even you don't really talk to him that much and you're actually now more close with this chick and she serves you better then tell her because I I, I I just it's just that thing of like you're sitting there and then you're knowing something you're lying then to this person and, and what does that mean and then it does it and again if she's that type of chick who's going to be like you lying and you know that, then you don't need her anyway then that that, that saves you from some other nonsense because she could be could have turned around and been shady to you in a situation that was more, in more, um, what's the word, more detrimental to you than this kind of thing. You could easily lose her at this point. But if it's something down the line where she shows that type of behaviour then and it's a bit more um, precarious for you, then you you save the hurt at some point. So I don't, I, it's not a big deal to tell her because if you, if, it, it makes you look a bit dodgy if you're not saying anything. And if oh, it's... Oh, if it, yeah, go on. I thought you'd finish, sorry. I was going to say, like, she could say, well, say, yeah, yeah, we're an open relationship. And then she'll be like, oh, you know what? Like, oh, you're a good friend for telling me. But yeah. <laughs> there's also that. I mean, that's very, that's a very, very positive outlook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't always think, and the thing is, I have had, we've spoken about this before, I have had someone switch when I told them, but I told them, and I tell them every time, because if you're in my friend circle close, I can't sit there knowing something I don't know. I'm, I'm, actually, actually, I must say, the second time I was a bit like, Ugh. but in the end, no. Maybe if I'd been burnt the second time, I might then with that particular person. But it wouldn't stop me from each new each new person gets one chance to be a dickhead about it, and then we assess from after that. Auntie, now you're cracking up. Sorry, I find it funny when you just said each new person can be a dickhead about it. It's like, yeah, that's law. <laughs> I mean, it's not really going to be scores and scores of people that you go through, but I'm just saying that you get your one chance to handle something that's deep in a way, and if then you assess from there. Because actually, I was about to say I told every time, but that person 
when it happened to them again, I was more, I was cautious about, ah, oh, shit, she acted, this, uh, she acted this way when I found out the first time, what can I do? But she still found that she still was told. I end. think the difference here is that she has this this person has a friendship with the dude as well. So that's why to me, even if they're not as close as they once were and she's closer to the chick, that's why to me, I would say to the guy, bruv, what are you doing? I'm giving you a week. Do you you gotta say you gotta say something and then we go from there. But yeah, it is it's a difficult situation. I feel like if it was my family member, um, the woman, I'm telling her straight away. And I've been in those situations where I've been like, is it? Like, I've confronted the dude and the dude's had attitude. I've been like, is it? <laughs> okay, then wait there. Well, I'm what you say? Well, I'm live yeah. streaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, also as well, my guy friends, I'm not baiting anyone for anyone who tries to come for me. My guy friends, no, don't bring your shit around me. If you're going to do shit, don't shit, because I'm telling. I'm telling they know full, 100%. Like, I'm telling, I will cock block, I will destroy, like, I don't care. Don't bring that shit around. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. I'm not going to be part of your lie. I'm not helping you cover up anything because it's not, I just don't think that's sisterhood. Don't, nah. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. No, that's that's that covering up is different. I wouldn't be somebody's alibi at all. But I think if I spotted something, um, it could only be family. But at all, there's like three girls that I would tell. Other than that, if I see something, if I know the guy, I would speak to the guy. But I'm probably not going to tell you because I do think it, it, it's, I, I haven't seen one situation where it's gone well at all. Like for no, anybody. No, I don't think it needs to go well. But that's, what that's the thing. I don't think you can get a desired outcome out of those things do you know what I mean it's it would be very difficult to but I, I kind of like just accept that do you know what I mean let's, yeah, yeah. The truth what's, what's the flip it. What? let's flip it so let's say your female friend you was out and you saw her with the next dude and you know her boyfriend as well are you telling the boyfriend no so, are you talking about the girl that's closest to me, like my friend? Let's no. Let's just let's just yeah. So yeah, but you know them both. You know them both again, but you see her out with somebody. But you know them both. You're friends with them both. You but the dynamic. Sorry, but the dynamic of this is like she's got. It's again. It's back to how close you are to. But you're close to the dude then. If you're close oh. to the dude, then it's the same. It's, if, the, if you're close yeah. to the dude, then it has to apply the same principle. You okay. can't just. Okay. Be I think if you're, if you're close, you're no, but I think I think that. Um, <laughs> See, I'm inter- I'm interested in why Auntie Shade has said no to the. No, I'm being real. I'm being 100 percent real. No, no I, let me let me land. I was going to say that um, if if you're closer and the, it's about what the friendship serves you. So this whole thing about you know if we say something, it's going to end in shit. But then that means your friendship's not secure. If you're that that because the person that um, when I told her. We don't talk anymore because the friendship was not good because she wasn't, well, for me, I'd say she wasn't a great friend. So that, what have I lost? I've lost someone that wasn't good for me. So I get that. that. And you, your, your stance is the same. Auntie Nana's stance is the same. Auntie Sade's stance is not the same. That's what I'm trying to get to. Like, why is your stance not the same? I just think, <laughs> I'm trying to work it out, but I'm just, I'm, my gut instinct is no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything because that's, that's, that's my friend. And I can't imagine a world where I'll be closer to her boyfriend 
than my friends. Like, I just can't, I don't know if that's realistic for me. Do you know what I mean? Because there would always be that, that's my girl, that that's your man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, like, that's, that's not my friend. That's your man. <laughs> that's, my, that's my whole point, that it has to be the nature of the relationship, because it is that. In what world would you be closer to the man for whatever reason? But if you do become closer to the man, then the loyalty still stands, because if that person is serving you more than the original friend, regardless of gender, that friend doesn't count anymore, because they're not serving you the same way your new friend is. But if she's my, if they're my girl, they're my girl, my girl. Then they would never, I could never. But that's the same thing. My boy is my boy is my boy. Do you know what I mean? So I, I just, I think it's the same dynamics. But it is what Auntie Shade says. And in, in what world does? Because the way that women are set up is, your, or anyway, people are set up in relationships. When are you going to be best friends with someone's part? Friends, man. Man, do you know what I mean? Whereas gender to gender, it's like, yeah, like girl on girl, sure, but girl on guy is a different type of thing how do you become closer as your friend's man i just think that's a different dynamic but if it's a, again applying it the same rules then it would be that friend for some reason that man's closer to me than the girl then the girl i'm also i'm a girl's girl as well like i don't i i i, I don't care <laughs> Shit, sorry some my cat just sorry but it's cool <laughs> but yeah i'm a girl's girl so yeah sorry guys I'm not, I'm not, um... Auntie Farah, did you say what you do? You wouldn't, you wouldn't tell the the guy? I think the, for me, same, same. I'm, I, the situation would be the same. So this, it, like, I'm not changing because of it's flipped. I was just interested to know what everyone else would think. Okay, cool. Um, let's get the comments. Okay. Uh, so Aquia says, tell your boy to sort it out or you will step away from the boy and his girlfriend. If the girlfriend says what's going on, then she should say, um, ask your boyfriend. And Nicola says, ask him what he would do if he saw someone else with her partner. Ask him, yeah. Yeah, that's the comments. You know that guys have that different thing, like, I don't care. I don't know. That, that appealing to their better nature doesn't matter to them. That's what. I'm, that's what <laughs> like, what would you feel like if um you saw they like, appealing to a man's better nature in that situation? They don't care. So, and like, listen, I was asking a bunch of guys. Like, if they saw their friend cheating, they knew the girl, and they saw their friend cheating. Would you? Really, you think they're gonna tell me? They're, they're not saying, saying shit. anything. They're not they're saying not a saying word. word. <laughs> not enough. Never mate. They just Never. be like, don't get caught and don't tell me too much so that I don't have to laugh at you. <laughs> Okie dokie. Now it's time. By the way, I didn't do my disclaimer at the beginning. That was Auntie's No Best. We do know best. We give you good advice. We give you strong advice. You can take it with a pinch of salt. We are not psychologists, doctors, therapists, or whatever the case is, any of those professionals that help you with stuff. So just take our advice or leave it. Thank you. Now it's time for for the culture. I think I needed you all to pick it up and none of you are paying attention. I feel like you all need to go. For the culture. Two, three. For the culture. For the culture. Auntie Farah. For the culture. Auntie Sade. 
we record this, and that's how it's going to sound. Thank you. Very my much. energy is lacking, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Shadow was like I, I, I participated. You did. Thank you very much. You did. Chance. You did. Shadow was like for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for the culture. <laughs> This week's For the Culture is the hot topic that's been discussed on black socials, news, and that's had an impact on the culture. So I don't know if you guys watched Kevin Samuels, relationship guru. He's been he's blown up during lockdown in giving people advice on how to be better in their relationships. And it's leaning more to, towards telling women how to be better for men because women, we're failing in, at every standard and we've got set our sights too high. We're punching above our weight and we're just terrible 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 creatures and we need to do better and kevin samuels is the man to tell us how to do it um he yes so we i'm sure you've all seen various clips of him dressing down women he had and he does do a few men as well but he mostly dresses dresses down women who believe they're tens and who believe they're tens and he tells them they're four and they're trying to go for 10 men and he's like no you need to be looking more along your um target group so anyway he sat he came to joe budden's show joe budden the rapper turned podcast and entrepreneur um, to have as like a special to talk about his points and stuff like that. And it was very, very interesting. I took loads of notes, but I'm not going to hog my intro with all these notes. I will I'll bring, I'll come back to them. But I just wanted to know, Auntie, did you watch it? And did you learn anything new? Did you think Kevin Samuels was saying anything new? Do you think having a special where he broke down and tried to explain where he was coming from and why he was doing what he was doing, did it help you understand the enigma that is Kevin Samuels. I'm going to go to Auntie Nana first. I think she's the person who's watched all of it in its entirety. Before go. You, can you just can you just say like his his the key points? I think that okay. would be yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was going to say pick out because he you know it is like it's almost okay. two hours long. What would you say was his biggest point? Like the main one. Okay. You know. What? Oh, okay. Well, one that hooked you. The what? He, do you know what hooked me the most? in regard to what he was saying, because I, I didn't, I still didn't believe in him afterwards. So that's my point. Because he said that, um, to, the few things that stood out, he said that women, black women just need, well, he didn't say black women specifically, but he was talking, leaning towards black women needs to be more nice. And that, um, and that would cancel everything. If we were more nice. He also said that, he also admitted that he had been doing his podcast about three, four years or whatever, and speaking mostly to men. But yet he realised when speaking to women, he got more clicks and attention. So he actually admitted that he was capitalising on um, women's consumerism. And he knew that speaking to women in this way got more clicks. So it was a bit of um, that troubled me. And uh, there's another thing that he, he, he said a few things like, I, I, I didn't summarise it, so I should have done that. So I'm trying to scroll through. He said things like, we had films like Ways Into Excel, Colour Purple and songs like No Scrubs from women but he didn't ever address not one type of anything from black men. And, and I'm going to keep it black and white, black, black people, because this is who I'm talking about. Right. Um, he didn't say anything about rap culture and gangster culture, all the culture, all the negatives in our community that have pushed women down a lane where they are reacting to this now. Um, there was no accountability for what black men had done or in this space. I keep wanting to flip between saying men and black men. Sorry, I'm going to try and say men. Um, I've done in this space and, and why women are reacting. So I just felt like it, I didn't learn anything new. And he, he mentioned stuff about the government, how women chose to go with government aid over having a, a man in the house. And I have heard that conversation before um, about, you know, when the government started to implement 
food stamps, for example, and stuff like that, it was, and they targeted the black community by, so black women would, because you know, like if you tick a form and you say you're married, you get less money and all that type of stuff. So they ousted the black man from the house where black women would choose to be on food stamps rather than have a man in the house. And he said that that's a decision that we made. Um, so there's a few more things. I'll try and gather them. But so it's things like that. I didn't learn anything new. Pissed me off even more. But I just felt there was a lack of accountability. Um, and I'll try and get some more. I'll let you look. Uh, Nana, pick up from me. And um, I'll I would say, so what, what you highlighted was the parts that I found problematic. But also to say, I think somewhere in the beginning parts, he actually did state that his focus now was in talking to women. So in talking to women, I guess, then you can't counter that with, um, but black men do, because then it's not, his advice, his direct advice is to cut through to women. So I guess that's why he doesn't do the men's accountability, because he's trying to get women to be accountable. Um, But what you highlighted, I would say I found those very questionable, especially the whole food stamps thing and somehow that it wasn't a government scheme to actually separate families. Like they were surprised that this took place. I was like, that's a bunch of bullshit. But I I don't know why he added that in. Parts that um, actually I was like, hmm, and made me think, because I hadn't ever thought about it, was his theory on women, like women kind of delaying doing things and thinking that the more uh, successful that they get, the more desirable that they are to men. And he was like, it's actually the opposite, that the the older and more successful you get, the less desirable you are to men. And actually the younger you are and less established, the more desirable you are. And I was like, I hadn't actually ever thought about that. And then also um, he had another point on if you are a, a six or an eight, at, well, let's say a four to a six, but you are trying to get to a man that's a 10, that it never goes that way round. That literally you very rarely see a man and a woman together and look at them and think, wow, she was lucky to get that man. It's usually the man was lucky to get that woman. And he was like, that those dynamics don't don't happen. And I couldn't think of an example where I had seen that. So I was like, okay, that's an interesting point. Again, I hadn't thought about it, but maybe that is a, maybe there is a truth to that. Um, so there was a couple of things. I, most of the time they were all very irritating. Like the extremely. podcast was extremely irritating. I really felt that they needed a woman there, but I don't know. There were some points where I was like, hmm, that's quite an interesting point to debate with somebody else although they weren't debating they were just licking his ass but I think that he raised some interesting issues that I thought actually had you guys thought about that especially that as you get older and the more successful you get that actually to men that is less desirable so kind of thinking I need to be more established to enter into a relationship he was like that's counterproductive so, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on that aspect of it, really. Auntie Shadow. I knew you was going to come to me. Um, 
Basically, uh, so uh, have I heard about that before? Yes, I have heard about that before. I think that certain that. men, I think it's superficial men. Um, I don't think that that's absolutely the norm. Just because I have, you know, female friends that are in high places and they're in relationships, it's got nothing to do with it. They're doing better than their man. It's got nothing to do with it, I don't think. I think it just really, what he what he talks about, what he kind of really focuses on is on like a very kind of like superficial um you know, like baller type relationships, do you know what I mean? That you just see in gossip columns and, uh, you know, rappers, that those kind of things, do you know what I mean? Like that, that's what you see. And also as well, I don't necessarily know if he's thinking about when he talks about relationships, whether he's talking about solid foundational, like, do you know what I mean? Like relationships that grow over the time or whether it's just like more, um, Transactional is not the word I'm looking for. Status, club chasing, that's that's the kind of thing I get that he's talking about. Do you know what I mean? Which isn't, you know, for the most part, just isn't real. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not an everyday person's reality. Um, but, yeah, it does get traction. It does get um, clicks and stuff. I think, like, if Derek is, like, you know, a monster, then, like, do you know what I mean? Like, this guy is, like, the Antichrist. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's so like he's just so toxic it just makes me um a little bit nervous that that so many young men are listening to him and getting advice to him and even debating some of the things that he's talking about I think that it was irresponsible for Jay Budden to even have him on the podcast in the first place because like where is where are his verified credentials do you know what I mean like um like like isn't he like is he divorced that kind of thing i don't know if he, he divorced twice, two times as far as saying. Yeah. i'm not saying like you have to be perfect but you're not referring to yourself and your flaws in the advice that you're giving do you know what i mean it's like you need to be like this but i was in a relationship but i didn't do this and do, do you know what i mean like he's not bringing in his own real experience for the most part i think um and also like having any accountability I just think like he's just a mouthpiece for misogyny do you know what I mean and I think we're in a world at the moment where men um I don't want to say especially black men but they find they, they're, they're they're in a position where they have to find themselves again right they have to find their role and like for people who don't want to um change or they want to hold on to their power kind of thing this is very appealing because what it says is that the onus is on women, that women have to change, they have to do the work, and they don't have to. That actually, they're the prize, and you should be grateful that they're even looking at them, that you're even, <laughs> they're even looking at you, sorry. that. So yeah, I'm just not, um, as you probably can imagine, our regular viewers, I'm not here for it at all, never will be. Um, the moment that someone does an expose, expose and takes him out, I think the women that done Derek, please, I will do GoFundMe, I will give you money, do the private investigator, I will be sitting there with my popcorn watching it, I really can't wait for someone to take this guy out, because I know it's coming, because he's, his mouth is too big, do you know what I mean, it's, it's too big, so I think, um, yeah, it's coming. Antifara. His ex-wife did something in February, which I haven't watched yet, so I need to watch it. And it's basically the headline is she spills the tea. Um, but I totally, 100% agree with everything that you said, Auntie Shade. This man, he's contradictory in his comments because 
one minute he's saying if you're an older woman who's doing quite well then that's thing and then he's saying if you're a younger woman who's not doing well you shouldn't expect to get these tens as he calls them and where's the scoring chart who made him mayor of the scores like where did that come from where do you think you sit because quite frankly i don't think you sit where you feel like you do and it, 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 he's just the fact that he even came out and said that i used to talk about men and then i got more of a response when i talk about women that means that this is all financial for you it's all about clout it's all about fame it's all about just trying to trigger people into listening to you in order for you to get yourself more famous and make yourself more money where are your credentials i'd like to see them if you and like Artishade said, if you don't have a successful relationship, how can you then try to tell people how to have a successful relationship? You, he just talks nonsense, and yeah, it was very it was irresponsible of Joe Budden to have him on without having an opposing argument, someone with an opposing argument on to counter that. So, yeah, I've got no time for men like him. I've got no time for the, the things that he says. I don't take on board what he says at all, and I like to hope and pray that there are most a lot of people out there that don't take on board because it's just he it, it's all financial for him. That's all that it is. It's nothing else. Um, yeah. Uh, he he made some points. He said something about Gillette. He said Gillette. He said something about men. Women aren't told. Men are always have always been told how to be men, but women haven't. And I was like, "What world do you live in?" He said the Gillette used, for example, the Gillette adverts tell men how to be men, but there are no adverts telling women how to be nice women. Are you okay? Everything about society tells women to be docile, to be beautiful, to and then they would then they obviously they went into the whole wearing eyelashes, wearing wigs, and getting the bums done. I'm like, all this, and then he said that he. He used the counter argument that we're probably going to say like, yes. And then I have women saying, what about all the things, all the people that you like on socials? And what about, you know, black men tend to like white women. So that's why we're doing all this stuff. He said, but you lot aren't listening to black. You aren't listening to us. We never said that. But it's like, how much, why does, why has it always got to be the woman that's got to do Jedi mind tricks, has got to do all the, because women, I remember again, during the time of um, Facebook groups and the height of all that kind of debate life, Men used to really challenge women that would talk about Ian Van Sant or whatever self-help books. They used to laugh at us, say, like, why are you getting all this stuff? It's all obvious. You don't need all this. So women, and I'm again, from a black woman's perspective, have taken the time to do a lot of work of how to be better for men. And maybe because black men, or again, in the community, they're not talking, they're not sharing what they want. Black women are just trying to work on themselves. And so when you've worked on yourself and you're trying to present yourself as the best place, and then when you're looking around, you've got guys that are not treating you with respect. Because Kevin even had the cheek to say that women don't talk with respect anymore. And he said that when women are calling up and saying, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just reading the comments. Um, when women are calling up and speaking to him as a 50-year-old man, they're not giving him respect. I'm like, what, are the, what the hell are you, what are you thinking? Because actually... Generation Z or whatever, the millennial, they don't have respect in general. That that art of respect has gone for boys and girls. So why are you putting that? Because you're presenting this conversation with the men in the room as a women's fault. You can't not do the equivalency. You can't say that women are rude because you know that boys are rude. To, not, young boys don't talk, don't give a damn anymore if you're a black woman anymore. If they want to cuss you out, they will. There's all the younger generations have lost that era of hello, mum, good hello, auntie. Some of them have. Again, it's about how you're raised. But the general consensus is that children are more rude these days. And so, and it, there's something else he said as well about um, 
so that bullshit about adverts not speaking to black to, to women sorry women are always always talked to and he said something about women not sub, women wanting a traditional man but don't want to be traditional women and they flip-flop between it and i just think it's like women generally yes you want because and that's another thing he said since lockdown women are now realizing that there's no one to save them and he said that we depend on things to do we depend on outside sources if we haven't got a man to save the day and i was like because he's like you'll call the police you'll call a plumber you'll call um whatever that he used that as an example so that made us realize that actually we do need a man because where's that but i know men i know my ex could not build a fucking thing i was the ikea chick so what does that mean? So it's not, we don't have the lumberjack days where men can chop wood and stuff. But I did, I kind of thought, it, when Auntie Nana was like, what kind of points did resonate? I thought, okay, that might be something to think about. And the thing about, I didn't really think about, you know, women, there are women like chasing their goals and forgetting that, or not knowing, I don't even think it's forgetting, not knowing that actually men are quite superficial in that respect. They just want someone who is um, pretty and young. And so your credentials be damned. Uh, it's, it's a thought that I've heard a lot of times and I didn't think about it when women are chasing their goals. But it doesn't mean it's all, these, all oh. these things that you're saying that he says it just makes it. It's just, again, it's contradictory. Yeah, your, it, your, this whole fucking talk is contradictory. Women want women. They wear eyelashes. They wear this, that and the other. But then you're on your flipping podcast or whatever it is. Telling a woman who's got all those that you're at, you're below average, and that you, and then the next minute he's saying, "Well, you don't make an effort, and you need to do this, that, and the other." And who told him that anybody needs to be saved? I don't need no man to come and save me. Like, stop making these generalizations I, I, I because it's triggering. It's just, I don't think that's the point because when he was saying that, I'm I'm listening to him. Like, I don't really know too many women. That are like, I want to live on this earth without any men in it. Like, I don't know anybody that has those thoughts. I want my sons. I want my husband. I want my brother. I want my dad. Like, it's like, I don't want to live in a space without any Absolutely. men. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that you need to be at the beck and call of, I need this man next to me. Or you it's, need to be It's saved. a wonderful world that there are men and women in it. Exactly. In, in all of their complexities. But... This whole thing of like we're we're all in this space of I don't need no man. Who said that? Like, who no, no, no. I'm not saying it doesn't yet. really make I, any sense because you. Yeah, I'm not saying that I don't. I'm not saying that we depending. don't need men. I'm just talking about the way that he's positioning it. Like, you know, we need a man to come and save us. That's not. I want it for the reasons that you said. I love my brothers. I love my nephews. I love my, you know, I love my male friend. But it's not a case of I'm sitting here waiting for someone to ride up on a white horse and save me because I am incapable of managing on my own. That's but not what it only, is at all. He's, he's only saying, he's only kind of coming with that narrative to support his own narrative. Like, do you know what I mean? He will say whatever to support the misogyny yeah. that he wants to push, basically. So it just doesn't make any, do you know what I mean? Like, he's got an agenda, he's trying to be popular, and like, yeah. I think it, I think I think I've said this before. It's like just because he dress, he thinks he dresses well, and he thinks that he speaks well. He's some sort of expert. Like no, like just absolutely not. Like you're chat, you're you're basically chatting. Like how can your argument women be women? Can you the base the 
It's just so basic. Women need to be nicer. Are you all right? Like, how are you not? ABC one, two, three. But that's why it's like, they, as Auntie Nana said, that there should have been a woman in the room because that, that's where it would have been a nuanced conversation. But we're talking about... But it doesn't have to... There shouldn't... There, I, don't, I don't actually agree with that in a sense because like, there shouldn't have to be a woman in the room. There just needs to be a different opinion in the room. That's they, what I said. All of those Someone women in a, are kind of on the same... They're on the same wheelings. They're in the same... They're, they play in the same field. Do you know what I mean? You could have had different men in there that were were actually um, uh, defending women. Do you know what I mean? They could they could have they could have. It's the skill because like um, Ice didn't agree with him, yeah. But it's like he didn't have the articulation, articulation. to yeah. actually put his points across. So each time he'd be like, "Uh, nah, I don't agree with that." It's like Kevin Samuels would just. Go on a on a rant, and he didn't have anything, a, a solid basis to kind of counter it. And sometimes I feel that happens when men are talking. Like somebody who has just kind of studied a little bit more seems to be able to hold the floor for longer. And really, it's like, yeah, th- I, I don't know. There's 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 an energy thing when when men are chatting with each other, and you see it so often. One person can just hold court, and he's chatting shit. But nobody will step up or even just say you're chatting shit. I don't know how to counter it, bro, but you're chatting shit. It's like they allow that that because, that diatribe to keep on going. Because it's that thing of looking like a simp and then you're pandering to women and all that type of stuff. And then you, you lose your man points or your man card if you like defending women every time. And it, you know why? And also it wasn't even um Kevin that had to defend himself. It was that freaking ish, what you said he's called ish. Ish yeah, was yeah. his mouthpiece. He was his big, he was his champion, his cheerleader, everything he was saying. And I but the reason why I understand it should be different opinions. They can be all men, but it would like I would have loved for. I, I I haven't seen Kevin talk to someone on his in, on his perceived level of intelligence of a woman from a woman's side of things to actually really sit down and say, Look, first of all, who hurt you, and then have <laughs> um, an actual proper conversation because. It, uh, for content wise, uh, my, my point was for content wise, this was an unnecessary conversation because mostly everyone agreed and anyone who challenged, like you said, that guy didn't have enough to to challenge Kevin. So even if anything, if Kevin touting himself as an expert, challenge to the proper way so that you can exp- expand on your expertise, isn't it? Because you're not, you're getting a bunch of men that are just agreeing with you. And Joe's like pretending that he's doing challenging, but actually like you, thank you, God, and round of applause for everything you're saying. No, I'm not, it's not round of applause. You weren't saying anything. And like drawing for no scrubs. Um, waiting to excel, you know. Waiting to excel. How old are these films? What have we been for? And, and, and it's a lazy argument that Colour Purple, it's done a de- But the thing is, it's so interesting that men held on to that. But that was... A, no, it's what, not men. It's him. Let, let's no, not no, no, no. I'm saying why the conversations that has color purple has been held up as the sole destroyer of the black community as a piece of content. Really? That has an old, but that's what I'm saying. It's been a long-standing generation, like decades-long conversation. <laughs> and also because they're saying because, but I was like, but if there are women who have been molested. There are women who have been like this was a true thing that happened. So what did you? And then he said, sorry, he was saying that. Women spoke about their things. So if we're ex- ex- exposing our souls on Waiting to Excel, no scrubs, um, um, colour purple, if you like. Well, what are you guys doing? No one told you not to, not to talk, you know. If you want to do it, because they, they were saying that no other community apart from the black community defers to their women. They are saying that black men have let black women henpeck them to silence. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was like his. That was a big fundamental thing. Was that we have made them not talk about what they actually want, like, and and that's come from how we've raised our boys. That's how we shut them down. It was, but overall, as I'm listening, I was like, as a man, I would feel thoroughly offended at these men talking about me like I'm some flipping pussy, like I'm some cardboard paper. I can't speak up for myself. I have no autonomy on how I should dress. I just get bullied this way, that way. My head gets swayed and then I'm settling for this woman who isn't good. And like, it was like, really, this is, this is the pedigree of men that you're talking about, that they can just be silenced, like just like that. Like, but, yeah. But also, I, it's like, yeah, go on. No, 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 go, go for it. Go for it. But, oh, I've lost my train of thought. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. yeah, go on. I was going to say, like, that point, it's just not true. Do you know what no, I mean? It's, it's the same not. things that are just not true. It just supports his story. That's, that's what I was going to say, because, sorry, the feminist movement, if you're going to say apply that to black women, the feminist movement at large has forced, has pushed, for, ad, has advocated for women, and we've got the intersectionality we know, but in general, for women to have equal rights. So just because, because there was a point where, because they were talking about grandma, you kept your secrets inside the house. So grandma, <laughs> granddad might have a family outside, but we didn't, there was no telling of it. So grandma just kept her mouth shit, shut and you wouldn't find out the, the stories so of her family when they died. Allow so, you to continue to abuse us, basically. Yeah. Allow you to continue to tell the piss and just shut up and actually just be nice about it. Actually yeah. be happy that you've even looked. And actually you're only a four, so just be grateful for the for me to even consider Basically. you as an option. Get the fuck out. Basically. Come it was on. exactly what it was. It was <laughs> it was like tolerate our shit and shut up. <laughs> and give, us, give us room to explore who we want to be, but don't say nothing about it because and he was, he was he, sorry, I'm sorry, it's just the points, it's a discussion point, it's not to keep talking about him as a person, but more like, because I know a lot of men believe these things. So it's just like, you know, let's dismantle that. I, that's why I think I'd be, he needs to, he, be in a room with in, women, intelligent women. I'm not going to say on his level, because I don't think he's that, he's not, he's not saying anything groundbreaking to me. Be in a room with intelligent women and let's have that discussion. I, I, that's what I would like to see. I would like to see him maybe like actually on a panel with other people and discuss things because then there may be a natural graduation like um after when I was speaking about it with Russell just I was thinking so if he going on this age thing like a let's say a 40 year old you're generally if if the man is for also 40 but he isn't seeing his age mate as appropriate he's going to go younger so then for the woman, you're not going to look in your your kind of social sphere. You should be looking at maybe a 50 to 55 year old if that's how men think. But I was like, that's 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 an exploration. Is, is, that, is that consensus? Is this something that we're even talking about? Like, you know, just the dating pool. It's like are these conversations to be had or is he just spouting nonsense or is this actually what is going on? Is this how men think is this what they're feeling it was it I, I felt that would have been more interesting for a wider discussion actually what he throws up is that real have we kind of missed the mark I don't I don't really know I just I think I want to see other men hold into account that's what I want to see I, I don't yeah. think it's a woman's job to be able to, to do this do you know what I mean like I think there there are men out there that um have very strong opposing views and they can hold into account I just think that 
he's choosing to go on certain platforms because he knows. Yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? Like he's choosing to do it this way. He work. He. I. I would be very surprised if he goes on any panel where it's people with like opposing opinions to him. Do you know what I mean? Like because it just it would be too damaging for his brand at the end of the day. So I just yeah I can't see it happening. Let's get the um, comments. Okay, Nicola says, I just looked at his Instagram page and the posts that are light or white are positive, but the women of richer tones are clouded in negative posting. Block, ignore. Um, and Le Sleek says, hence he is divorced. Why are you guys listening to him? So many good podcasts out there and people listening to him. Men support women. Boys feel intimidated by successful women. No one's. I'm not listening to him. I'm sorry. No. I, I I love listening to opposing views because I think that makes your own standpoints richer. That I don't believe in, um, just consuming things that I would um, agree with. I actually like differing opinions. I I I listen to so many conservative, very conservative leaning podcasts and opinions because they're out there. I think if you've worked in a call center, you know a large percentage of especially this country are fools and so I want to know who they're listening to to know how to navigate in this world I think and to counter that I think it's something that is he's affecting because like for the culture is what's affecting the culture so I don't listen to this guy on a daily basis but when it when he rises above the parapet and you know once I know a young guy that said to me oh I listened to this guy and I was like, I was horrified. And there, this, there's people out there that are shaping our young people's minds. So I think you don't have to listen to it, but it should be aware, I think, because if, if there's some dangerous people out there, if people, especially as young people are who are easily influenced, they're being shaped by some crazy things. It's like, you know, monitoring your child or your people's um, content, intake of stuff. He's considered an elder, isn't he? He's in his 50s. Yeah, he like, said Some it. people may really listen to him like, and be like, this is a... A distinguished gentleman's point of view. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought he's marketing himself. And one last thing that pissed me off, he said in the Hispanic communities, <laughs> the sisters serve. Oh. Why doesn't that happen? You've got a whirl of brothers in your family, right? So he's actually crying about the fact that in the black community, we don't do that. So for some reason, well, the sisters don't serve. They're brothers, and that's I, where you know what that, that depends as well. Because, like, in especially like I, I, I can't speak before, but in Nigerian culture, you do do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not. It's, I, I don't think he doesn't know what he's talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just doing this blanket statement, not knowing, not knowing a lot of stuff. <laughs> anyway, so that was that. Okay, what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week, people? Them, aunties, them, auntie Farah. Sad that I'm sick. Well, not sick. I'm sad that I'm stiff. I'm sad. I'm mad that I'm stiff, and I'm glad that I'm back here with you guys, even though I'm stiff. Oh, but you're back. Welcome yeah. back. Bye, Auntie Shade. Mm, uh, I am glad that Auntie Cora is back as well. I am glad about going. So I've only got three glads. So I'm glad that we're going outside. We're allowed outside and stuff, and I am glad about the entertainment from Cuthbert and Colin. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm um I have I have two sads, but the 
young lady's um, name escapes me. There's like a, a teenager that committed suicide from being bullied. I think it, this took place in South Africa. Um, I saw that today and it's supposed that I think a family member like put out there just kind of, uh, no, she wrote a letter. It was her letter that set me off and I was just in floods of tears. Just basically to her bullies, just like, she couldn't carry on. It's such a sad letter. Um, but yeah, that just really, whenever I hear of a young person kind of taking their life for bullying purpose, especially bullying, it just, yeah, it just breaks my heart, like ultimately. So that was, that was really sad. So I had a, a mini cry earlier on today over that. And then um, I have lots of parcels that pass all around the world. And a lot of my parcels stop at FedEx in um, Indianapolis and there was a mass shooting there. So I got a notification, uh, I think it was like two days ago, and it just shocked me because it was like make, like delay that always kind of gets you when a parcel is going to be delayed. But then when they go through that there was a mass shooting and eight of our colleagues have died and it was just like, oh my God, they're just at work. Like this kind of mass shooting sprees that are going on in America and it's like it's more than one a day at this moment it's just disgusting there's something really needs to be done so that's ultimately another one of my sads um and I'm mad following on from Kevin Samuels like there's a podcast uh baby fathers I think it's called baby fathers podcast and at this moment they are on a run of kind of voicing baby father's stories and they're so flipping problematic it's just pissing me off because it's so one-sided and the guy that's doing the interviews is so shit at it he's he's not even trying to get like full details from these fathers just stating their claims and they all have the same thing like the mothers beat the kids not allowing me to see the kid. It was just like it's they've such got a, a baby mother's one now as well. They've they've done like a sister one oh, where it's like baby mothers, but I haven't bothered to listen to it. I can't even. But if anybody does want to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> of of watching any of these, but yeah, that's another state of um toxicity on the internet. And that really just pissed me off watching a couple of those. But overall, I'm glad that my sons have started a new school and they love it. Yes, boys. Um, I'm sad, likewise, about the more deaths of black and brown people in America. But it also makes me sad that how little is reported over here, because I think it's and which also makes me mad that we don't know the stats and figures over here. They do a real nice number, not giving us. It's always like, oh, the Americans are so bad. But I know shit goes on over here, and I'm really, I really want us to start pulling out and requesting stats and information because I don't know. We know we know that the UK is is institutionally racist, actually, and I just I just I think I just want that information to be more readily available because you can look at all the stats in America, and stuff isn't reported in the same way. So this, I'm sad and mad, but I'm really sad about what's going on in America. It's mad. Um, I'm also mad about the defense commentary on the Jarek Chauvin trial. I mean, Eric Nelson. I know he's got to do a job, but for crying out loud, they had the closing statements yesterday, and he. It's a bit scary because he. If any of the jury have reasonable doubt, then it's a hung trial or a mistrial, or the Derek go, um, what's it? Derek goes off, gets 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 um, goes free. Sorry. So he was able 
in watching his closing statement, even though the prosecution did a very fantastic job, if he he, he managed to plant the seeds and Rick, because he went through the videos scene by scene and some of the things that were generalised, he managed to slightly pull back and say, actually, look at it like this. This is what actually happened. And so, I mean, he, generally he's been criticised for a shit case anyway um, and shit defence. So hopefully, I hope, I hope that sticks. But I was just, yeah, it's a bit mad, sad, again, a mad, sad combination about what they're going to do. The jury are deliberating now. So I'm just like, and in Minneapolis has been boarded up and it looks, people are saying it looks like army barracks, all that type of stuff, just in anticipation of what's going, what, what potentially could happen. Um, so it's just a bit mad. Um, and then I'm glad my daughter is 21 on Thursday. Can't believe I've got a 20 year old, 21 year old. It's bloody crazy, but I'm very blessed and grateful for her because she's fucking amazing. Um, and that's it. And also, uh, I'm glad, go on. And I'm also glad that the diversity report that claimed that UK was not institutionally racist has literally been debunked by pretty much everyone. And I'm hoping it die, it's just going to disappear and everyone's going to forget about it and we can start again. Um, I, I just wanted to add slight mad um, that the tragedy that's happening in St. Vincent's, the volcano eruptions have not been highlighted in the press enough. I think the black community have come together and we've kind of like got the news out there, but it has not been on any major channels enough. And that, you know, the country is in dire straits over there. The volcano keeps erupting. They've had like at least four eruptions now. Um, you know, the the actual ash is spreading to sister islands so what's going on over there is is very 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 scary um i think the uk government have given them i think two hundred thousand pounds which is peanuts when you think about they spent nine hundred thousand pounds last year in the height of the pandemic painting a plane for boris so this is it, it just goes to show you that they just take the piss and more people need to know what's going on out there. There's lots of GoFund pages. If you just go on like Martin Jay's got stuff on his on his Instagram. So if you want to go on there and find out if you go on Green Seas as well, there's a few highlights about where you can fund. It's just not getting enough information. And we've seen what's happened in Montserrat and the fact that only a, a quarter of that island is habitable. People need to pay attention to what's going over in St. Vincent's and the Grenadines. Just wanted to add that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Thank you for saying that. One hundred, one hundred, one hundred percent. So now, before we go, just a quick unpopular. Well, mine's a, on my hit list. Crisps. I um, gave up crisps for Lent as I always do, and I did a great job. And then I had a packet, and now they taste nice again. And I'm just like, I'm trying not to fall down the slippery slope of love um, into my crisp addiction. And I just want crisps to stop being so delicious or stop being so fattening. One of the two. Just do something and stop it. And that's my hit list. Crisps. Thank you. And that has been your Aunties Could Never, episode 58. Do we have any comments before I go, before we say bye? <coughs> Sorry. Um, mm, mm, mm. Okay, so we have Ronald who's just come through and he says, Hi. this has been a great show. Thank you. I needed to hear you ladies today. Thank you for being with us, Ronald. Thank you, thank you Ronald. Um, and yes, thank you everybody for watching and listening. This is Your Aunties Could Never, episode 58. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. We're on YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. And um, we'll be back every Tuesday at 5pm UK time. Again, you can access us via Facebook or YouTube. And our episode goes out over the weekend on audio platforms, most of your favourite listening platforms. Please tune in in and listen back to our past episodes and watch back our past episodes there's so many ways you can see us and have aunties in your life all the damn time so thank you <laughs>
you, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.